1: Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Yes, we're coming to you live from our dry radio and television studios here in northwest Pennsylvania. Our prayers go out to those affected by the hurricane in the southeast southeast United States. We're going to be talking about that and other things tonight. Um, uh, You you know, it just makes you wonder the timing of everything, doesn't it? The the timing. Who benefits? Uh, I'm not... uh, I'm not saying anything, I'm just asking the question, the timing, isn't it strange, and who benefits from this? Folks, we broadcast live each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, also live on YouTube, and simulcast on the Blog Talk uh, Radio Network, BTR i'm doug hagman with my co-host my son joe hagman together something i like to call america's premier father son investigative reporting team we've got a great show lined up for you today i had uh, the occasion to speak with dave hodges earlier and uh... dave's on top of a lot of headlines um... he is actually uh... in the middle of things right now i asked him uh, if he wouldn't mind coming on the first hour just to talk about what's uh... the the various headlines and, and such that's very important and uh... And um um he's gonna be joining us here shortly, so uh I, I wanted to I was talking to him about his take on a number of things from in particular World War you know, the the war that we're approaching and I, I wanna uh Joe before I kick it over to you. I don't know if you saw folks the electoral count and I'm not exactly certain. Frankly, I'm running these numbers down. I'm not sure about these, but let me toss this out to you. The electoral count. Hillary Clinton's only seven, she's only short seven electoral votes to win. Uh, According to who? Well, again, this is something I, I saw in passing. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't, I don't.
2: Uh, well, I ask because, uh, Real Clear Politics has on the right hand side of their website and always have these right. polls.
1: <clears throat> but not, but not about the electoral college, uh, delegates uh, and superdelegates uh, dedicated uh, to the, uh, uh, I'm not sure they do. It. They have do two
2: they? up there. Um, and I'm getting advertisements here, but let me... I, I, I check the site uh, pretty regularly. All right. Well, well
1: I'm very yeah, concerned about Yeah, they do have electoral, okay. electoral college. What's, what, what is RealClearPolitics saying? Um, they
2: say Clinton, uh, the RCP electoral map, Clinton 247, Trump 165, with no toss-up okay. states, 322, Trump 216. The spread is Clinton plus
1: 82. All right. Smaller so, polling shows Clinton has a lead. In, in the electoral college. Yes. Okay, because, uh, now, okay, how many undecided electoral votes are there? Did you, did you say? Cause I, I'm getting word there are 107 undecided. Trump is way behind in the electoral college according to the, the information I've got. Well, that's what they've been,
2: um. Alright. Reporting Be- since, you know, before the, since the primaries were over. Is that, and this goes into what George Soros said also that you know Trump could win the popular vote on the land side, but he'll lose because of the electoral college
1: all right well it's it's something we need to keep our eyes on uh, you know what would happen and, and and we we've talked about this very scenario you know the popular vote goes to trump the electoral college goes to clinton you know, and uh well, what does that mean uh, uh, we understand the the workings of the electoral college and, and, our, and our system. However, how how can that be audited? I, I guess that's you know where is the audit of the electoral college? That's my concern. And one last thing before I bring Dave um, Hodges on: Vladimir Putin publicly accused by the United States government a plot to interfere in the election this is something that appeared it's in the uk mail daily mail
2: it's also on the washington post right. i want to talk about this a little bit when we get a chance because if you read what the uh, the government said and i think this is a tactic being done by the obama administration for two purposes one is for the upcoming debate to help hillary clinton with her uh... russian you know uh... trump russia accusations that she makes but in the report here from the Washington Post, they state that the, uh, because of a lot of pressure uh, from lawmakers and other people, the U.S. has finally come out and accused Russia of attempting to interfere in the 2016 elections, including by hacking the computers of Democratic National Committee
1: and other political organizations. Well, okay, and they go on to but, say that right, but 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 this is a. I just want to make sure that people understand this is a joint statement from the DNI, the Director of mm-hmm. National Intelligence, and the Department of Homeland Security, and this to me is casting illegitimate uh, the illegitimacy beforehand of the election results. Um, we're something we're going to keep our eye on because I, I have a feeling that uh, we're in for some rocky times with us to talk about the headlines rocky times and other things dave hodges from the common sense show the dave thanks for joining us on short notice and i'm glad you were able to to break free and I, I know you've got a hard uh, a hard uh, um uh, uh time that you've got to leave by so I want to get you in here how you doing brother well, I'm doing good. Rocky Hodges here, and to talk about the Rocky Times, I guess. But
3: uh, Rocky, thanks Hodge, for having indeed. me on. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's really a pleasure to be with you. There, there's so much going on. I actually go into mental freeze trying to think of where
1: to start. Well, you know, is that something um, we can't afford? That we, you know, is we can't afford to, to to freeze up. We have to we have to approach this with. Sobriety and kind of compartmentalize all of this nasty stuff. Do a triage of the news, and and you do it so well. Your 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 site, thecommonsenshow.com, is a must go to site every every day, folks. Thecommonsenseshow.com. Um, where, where do we start? Where do we start, brother? I mean,
3: well, you know, let's let's call the uh, kettle black, okay? Because black. Uh, the pot's calling the kettle racist. black. Hillary racist. Clinton's concern? No, no, not racist. Hillary Clinton. Is saying that uh, she's concerned about the uh, Russians hacking in to the election. You mean the the leader of the Democratic Party, where they have seven million people that are registered to vote in two adjacent states, where they're signing up illegals to vote by the droves, and people are leaving their graves to vote Democratic, and we're supposed to listen to her concern about the Russians? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: Well, come on, man. I mean, you know, it's the Russians. It's always the Russians. Isn't that the meme right now? I blame Russia for everything. And, and, and,
2: <laughs> from the State Department, yeah. That yeah. Is. And, the State, uh, DIA,
1: it Hawaii, DHS, everybody. Yeah, we well, no pun intended, but we're Russian for war because
3: uh, we are going to be blaming the Russians because the Russians issued an ultimatum. Uh, pretty directly to our leadership, and it has leaked out in Europe. It's leaked out through intelligence sources. Paul Martin has it. I have it. I published it. <coughs> Excuse me. And the uh, Russians have effectively told us that, you know, all those troops you put in there and started building the missile shields after Ukraine, you went to Moldova and Poland and Hungary and all these places. Well, they better be gone, and they better be gone shortly, or we will attack you. That was said yesterday. Today, actually, I should say, late last night, the Russian embassy in Washington D.C. threw out
1: a tweet. Did you Did you see that? Uh, uh, t- t- tell us about it. Yes, but well, tell us about this it.
3: this. Is from the uh, the D.C. I don't want to misquote here, so I'm going <coughs> to excuse me. Pull this up. Um, this is from the D.C. Washington D.C. Embassy. This is what's incredible. And they have a, a picture there. I've got it up on the uh, Common Sense. It's up in the carousel. And they have a picture of a Russian missile system pointing at uh, the press secretary for Obama. Yep. And and basically, it's a threat. It's a thinly veiled threat that we're going to kill a lot of Americans. That's how I take it. I mean, how did you take it, Doug?
1: Okay. <laughs> I like that. You, you know, it is it, it is a thinly veiled threat. They already, um, uh, I, I suppose they already made their statement over in the Middle East or over in Syria uh, by saying that, you know, the agreement that they had does not constitute or does not include the ground uh, missiles that they had um, placed over in Syria. So, yeah, they're... How else can you take that, Dave? I mean, seriously, how else can you you, take all of
3: this rhetoric? You can't. I'm looking at the tweet right now. And you've got the press secretary in the uh, left-hand quadrant. And it says, USA wonder why Russia would want to carry the S-300 to Syria. And then they have a picture of the S-300 in the right-hand quadrant and it says, because you never really know what kind of assistance terrorists might get. And see, this is in direct reference to the stupid, asinine statement that John Kerry made when he basically threatened Russian cities with terrorism.
1: I mean, this we, is, we this have is serious stuff. And, and folks, we're going to leave this graphic on our YouTube channel for a little bit. Uh, those watching on YouTube, take a look at that graphic. It's on. It, it's actually a screen capture of uh, from thecommonsenseshow.com, but but take a look at it, Be, because this is what Dave Hodges is talking about. This is perhaps. I mean, this says it all. If a picture is worth a thousand words, this is probably worth a thousand pounds of uh, uranium, right? I guess I don't know. But you know what's yeah. amazing, Doug, is the embassy in Washington D.C. The
3: Russian embassy put this out. Not Sputnik or Voice of Russia, you know, or one of the Russian media outlets. The Russian embassy—that's what's startling about this.
1: Well, you know, Dave, I've often said that the World War Three people remember this, and, and you might remember this from years ago. That World War Three was going to start in Syria, not in Iran, not anywhere else, but in Syria, and then here we are really at the precipice of World War III. Well,
3: just read Ezekiel, yeah. and we know that uh, all roads to World War III lead to Damascus, and Damascus will be destroyed in a single day, and this is what it's leading to. I think there's no question this is what's going on.
1: You, you know, and you, you said some other things today, too, uh, Dave, and I, I don't know how fast uh, you know you want to cover this, but uh, all of this, but we're talking about the e- economy. And, and it's getting to the point where I can't even... The numbers just don't mean anything to me anymore. I mean, numbers. You get into the trillions. What do those numbers mean? Um, I can't count that high. Sorry. I can't, I can't fathom, uh, the economy, the, the, where we're headed. And, and yet, you know, we're at 5% unemployment, I guess, jobless. Right mm, an hour, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, and the Easter
3: Bunny's right around the corner, and Santa's coming down the chimney.
1: Yeah, five no, percent. You, you,
3: you go after the bunny. Yeah, five percent, huh? Well, well let's yes. talk about the numbers, okay? Let, let me try to put a little of this in perspective. Deutsche Bank is done. They've laid off a quarter of their workforce. I mean, they're operating on fumes and momentum right now. But I saw a chart recently, and then I talked to Joseph Meyer, uh, the great economist. I just love this guy. I have him on the show a lot. And we talked about the fact that Deutsche Bank, through credit swap derivatives, the biggest Ponzi game in world history, is interlocked with the B of A, with Wells Fargo, with all of our financial institutions, including the Federal Reserve. Wall Street is effectively all interconnected with Deutsche Bank. Their biggest debt are the credit swap derivatives. Let me put this in perspective from an American point of view. Now, not even counting the European debt. Our current debt for credit swap derivatives is estimated to be in excess of $1.5 quadrillion. Some people say we're approaching two. And then the interest rate for fiscal year 2015 is $505 trillion. This means that when all this debt comes into play and it takes down these financial institutions, these numbers are going to skyrocket. Now remember, 1.5 quadrillion, 505 trillion. The entire GDP, GDP of the planet Earth is about $75 trillion. Which interestingly... By our SEC rules, that before these credit swap derivatives could go forth, these deals all had to be underwritten by financial institutions like Goldman Sachs, B of A, Wells Fargo, etc. Well, they did that. Well, they got into some difficulty in 2011, and then, you know, I reported on this, and amazingly, this was even in the New York Times. And the New York Times reported, that the Federal Reserve had backstopped B of A and Wells Fargo for credit swap derivatives default to the tune of $75 trillion each. Each. In other words, right. each bank is guaranteed the sum total of the entire GDP of the planet. And yet Hillary Clinton is saying everything under Obama is just fine and it'll be business as usual. <sighs> Doug, there's no way to pay this off. And and I can even go back and I'll give you a little history on this. This is something that, you know, this might give you a little more depth than what you were
1: looking for, but I think the people need to know this. No, please, please do. And, folks, Dave Hodges knows what he's talking about. I spoke to him about, about this earlier, and his depth of knowledge is incredible. So pay attention, please. Go ahead, sir. Well, I'll say this about depth of knowledge that I have.
3: When I find out one item, I find out there's two items I don't know. The more I know, the more I learn I don't know. And I think your biggest surprises for the American people lie ahead through the unknown. But let me just talk about what is known. What we know is that the credit swap derivatives ideas originated in Basel, Bank of International Settlements. Isn't that interesting? And they were sold, the idea, the idea was sold to the central banks of the world. And they said, look at, look at what you could do. Now, I'm going to make a real simple example. Okay. And then I'll tie it back into the bundling of home mortgages and other debt. But let's assume I have a cow and I want to sell that cow to you for $10,000. And you go, Dave, that's a little on the high side. Hey, Doug, I know, but you can flip that cow in three days guaranteed. And when you flip that cow, you're going to be able to flip it for 100000 And then you tell the Send third me, part. Let, 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 let's say Steve Quayle is the next guy in line, okay? And so Steve's sitting there, and you tell Steve, Steve, look, I know it's kind of Steve, but you could turn this into a quarter of a million dollars. Now, what ended up happening, every time you and I have a transaction flip, that has to be underwritten by a financial institution. So not only are we playing a Ponzi scheme game where there's going to be a lot of losers at the end of the trail and only a couple of guys standing on top, we also are bringing down our entire financial institutions, which necessitated the bailouts of 2008 and 2009. These banks and Wall Street started making money on this hand over fist. And see, they had a free uh, a free reign and, gosh, I just went blank on the deal. Uh, what was the deal? Uh, it was instituted after the Great Depression, and you couldn't co-mingle funds, like you couldn't put, you couldn't oh, borrow yeah. money to get the stock market. Uh Glass-Steagall uh, Act, help me with it. Yeah, Glass-Steagall, well, thank you. Right. And Glass-Steagall conveniently had been done away with by Bill Clinton in between his sexual sure. encounters that he got Glass-Steagall done away with. And so now these banks are able to co-mingle these funds legally and crazily, uh, We learned that lesson in the 1930s, and we go back to repeat the same mistake. And now they're all leveraged up to their ears, and every money game rolls up on itself. So when you reach the end of the trail and you have no more people to victimize, then the sidewalk starts to roll back in the other direction, and people start going under. And And oftentimes this is referred to the Lehman Effect. Now, in reality, they weren't selling cows. They were doing things like bundling home mortgages, which is why the home mortgage bubble burst. They were yep. they were also bundling other debts and combining them. A movie I really recommend people see is The Big Short. Stop it and pause it. It's on Netflix, but stop it and pause it. Take it in. Understand what they're saying because you'll understand where we're at. Now, let, let's talk about what this means in real numbers okay remember 505 trillion let's just deal with the interest rate for a second the u.s government takes in two trillion dollars now imagine they didn't put one dime towards defense roads schools infrastructure nothing nothing they just have two trillion dollars let's just do the math 505 trillion dollar interest debt not not even the principal you're not even touching the principal you're talking about an escalating interest well, that comes out to, by my math, a little over 250 years to pay that off without doing anything that government normally does for its people. 250 years. Now, take the credit swap derivatives debt that we owe. Let's just be conservative and say it's 1.5 quadrillion. I don't have enough zeros to sit here and add this up right now. But what I can tell you, we can't pay this off in the 21st century, the 30th century, the 50th Century, the second hundredth century. I mean, Jesus will have come for the second time many, many centuries before this is ever going to happen for payoff of this debt. It is impossible. Now, let me explain the motivation for doing this. The Bank of International Settlements wants to crash the global economy. And they banked, no pun intended, on the fact that these central banks could not look beyond Friday and only get addicted to these Ponzi scheme games like a crack cocaine addict, and then they go ahead and get involved in these games just loving the money they're getting and hoping it goes as long as possible, not really realizing or even being comprehensive of the fact that this is all going to roll up one day. And now every central bank in the world, every government except for the seven that do not belong to central banking – are leveraged up to their eyeballs and beyond, and there's no way to ever pay this off, and the Basel bankers, the Rothschilds, are just sitting back, and saying, ha, 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 we got you now. All we got to do is pull the plug at a time of our choosing. That's the first 800-pound elephant in the room that we have. The second one is World War III. You see, they don't want to just have global governance and global economy. They want to depopulate. And you know? I'm sorry, people, this sounds extreme. Do some reading on what the globalists say. Prince Charles, Ted Turner, David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, read their depopulation comments. They're very, very consistent. They want 90% of us minimum gone. So World War III might very well be the avenue to affect this. And then the third 800-pound elephant in the room is going to be transhumanism. And they're morphing human beings into being whatever, and the 10% they let live will have shorter lifespans, lower IQs, and they'll be the serving class for the people that morph themselves into as close to immortality as these people can get. And for that, I refer to people, uh to Pat Wood, for that great work he does. They ought to read his book called Technocracy Rising. Those oh, yeah. are the three 800-pound elephants. There's not enough room in my living room for these elephants, but they're here. And, Doug, it's all going to come crashing down, and it's all going to happen at the same time.
1: So this is what we've got to look forward to. You know, it's not... um we're not fighting a war uh, on one front. We're 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 defending on multiple fronts. I mean, we've got the, uh, we've got we've got to have a 360 degree uh, pivot or tur- turret in order to see everything that's coming at us all at the same time. And uh, Dave, you find it interesting that this is all kind of coming together right now in the fall of 2016. I mean, an election year, just uh, you know, a little over a month away from the election. I mean, this. Uh, Any one thing could really screw up the election or or delay it or take it down or or affect it adversely or any any number of things. Uh, Everybody I talk to,
3: everybody I talk to from you and Joe to Steve to everybody, everyone I talk to says the same thing. We don't know if there's going to be an election. And no one Man, would be surprised yeah. from our end. I mean, I, I talked to Ronnie McMullen, former, you know, ex-talk show host last night. And and he said the same thing. He says, Dave, great wild card. He says, I think there might not be an election, but no one really knows. This is the thing I'll tell you what will trigger the takedown of the election. If this massive voter fraud, dead people, illegals, and multiple registration people... That are going to somehow total probably 20 to 40 million voters. I mean, it's that massive. If that is not enough to tip the scales in favor of Hillary Clinton, then they will take down the election, in my humble opinion, through a a, a false flag. And, you know, speaking of false flag, Doug, I want to float this out here on the air. I need to do something with this tonight on my website. This is downright scary. I've had two communications out of Boston. And speaking of false flags, I got a picture of a Red Cross vehicle that has no license plates. It has no, you know, DOT numbers, nothing, nothing. And then I have a second one that shows other medical ambulances and so forth parading through the streets of Boston. Unfortunately, I couldn't download the second one. Uh, I could, the file couldn't be read properly, but it was much like number one. And, and this guy was just freaked out. He says, Hey, I travel through in New England. I'm a traveling salesman. I'm here in Boston. I listened to your show. He also mentioned your show. And he said, He said, I'm seeing this stuff. And he goes, This is false flag stuff. Why would these medical Red Cross vehicles be here? No identification. He said, It's as stealth as he's ever seen. It freaked him out. Well, not. Six hours after I had his email, someone else writes to me and says, I was going the opposite direction in traffic, and I couldn't snap a picture. I was by myself. But, Dave, let me tell you what I saw. And the guy described exactly the same thing. And, and this, this makes is me in wonder, Boston area? Because, this is in Boston, and okay, this is in because, the last two days.
1: This is right, in the last 48 hours. All right. This is interesting because I I've I got a very similar email. No pictures, but very similar around the Newburgh, New York area, right in the, uh, tri-state. well, cl- closer to New York City, New, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, that tri-state area, of the same thing you're describing. So, but I, I don't know, in correlation to yours, the, the timing. Uh, yours yours was just within the last 48 hours, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, What's going on? What the hell's going on here?
3: The, 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 the sighting of this was... A- Extremely unusual. I've never seen vehicles like this, and obviously, these two people that took the time to write to me hadn't seen anything like this either, and it freaked them out. And I, I'm I'm putting this out here on your show, Doug, because so many people listen. I'm hoping that hoping that people will pay attention and 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 be observant of this because what we know. Is sometimes we've turned back what we think could be false flags by calling extreme attention to
1: something. Yeah, hang on to that. Hang on to that, folks. So we're talking to Dave Hodges, thecommonsenseshow.com. We're going to have to send his wife a whole bouquet of flowers for uh, uh, kind of messing up his uh, evening tonight just for a little bit. Uh, stay right where you are. We've got one more segment with Dave. We're going to break right back. <laughs>
2: To this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, we are talking with Dave Hodges, the common dot com is the website, also the show on Sunday nights, each and every Sunday night. And uh, my father and I, I was we're, on teaming last week, yeah, and we're teaming uh, up. Yeah, we're teaming up.
1: Yeah, globalist, hey globalist, hey Soros, hey Hillary, watch out! It's Hodges at the tip of the spear, Hagman backing them up. We're coming after you. I I would reverse that order,
3: my friend. Uh, Let let me tell people what we're doing. Uh, You've heard the heavyweights here, Joe and Doug, and I'm not referencing your weight. I'm referencing your news savvy. And uh, what we're doing is, uh, a lot of people know this now, uh, that we're going to join forces for the purposes of spreading intelligence and news and um, we didn't want this to be in the third hour. Uh, we need to start off hard-hitting current events. What's going on? And that's going to become permanent part of our number one of the Common Sense Show. And we're going to start that process a week from this Sunday. So uh, we'll, we'll Doug and Doug and or Joe or Joe and or Doug or Joe or Doug or Doug or Joe. Somebody from the Hagmans, or whose Doug, last name is Hagman, is going to be on the show. Yeah. Right. Uh, with yours truly, and uh, we're going to combine information because we travel different paths during the week, and I think it'll be really beneficial to our listening audiences if we're able to share what we know from our different perspectives and look for that common ground that we know uh, well we know exists. And I think that our listening audience is going to really benefit from this.
1: And, and you know what, Dave? It's interesting because I've heard from people, who have commented on this, and and they're they're willing to give us their intel, their information. So what we're we're benefiting from a number of um, sources, all coming together. And the, um, the 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 faces, of course, are you know yourself and uh, and us. But uh, it's the Common Sense Show is the venue, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. And I'm just so thankful to be uh, to be a part of this Joe and I are and and you know we're we're just uh, all we're trying to do is. Offer enough prep- information for preparation, and uh, a little inspiration as well. But preparation, inspiration, information—there we go. You know. So, and, and you're, you know—that's one thing I've got to say. Your audience, as well as our audience, how responsive are they? He's sending you information, pictures— incredible, uh, uh, incredible. You know, the people
3: great. are incredible. I, I can't cover it all. This is why I've gone to podcast, Doug. Uh, I, I'm doing. Two or three podcasts a day. Sometimes it's based on intel uh, people give me, but they don't want their names out there, and I always respect that. Uh, A good journalist always respect uh, protects their sources. Sure. And so we're doing two to three podcasts and about one to two extra interviews a week. And you know, people have been pushing me for a while to do a show like you guys do five days a week, but I I just can't find the time. But doing these podcasts up on and then I put up on YouTube is a way that I can really kind of simulate having a daily show without being tied down to the daily schedule because my schedule is just too erratic for me to have a five-day-a-week show. Uh,
1: by the way, I'm hooked on your on your uh, podcast. <laughs> I, I check them all the time. And, and folks, uh, do that. Um, go to com, and then from there you can get to his, obviously, Dave Hodges, uh, his, uh, I like to call him... uh News briefings. I mean, that's kind of what, how I look at it.
3: Yeah, I like so, to refer to them often as the red list news where we're freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Yep. And, and that's sincere. It's not hyperbole. It's sincere because the more people we wake up, the bigger problem the globalists have. See, a lot of people, and, and I don't agree with this philosophy, they want to draw us out in the open. They want an open resistance right now and they can crush America and, but no, they don't want, 200 million Americans in the streets with handguns, AK-47s, whatever we have, they're not prepared for that. They don't want that. They don't want an awakened populace, which is why Obama gave away the Internet to ICANN, and ICANN, take away your Internet, should be their middle name. That guy just ran a uh, story today, uh, did a podcast on the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission. They are refusing To guarantee the protection of First Amendment rights for talk show hosts in the
1: alternative media. Yeah, you know, what the heck? Really? You know, you can't make this stuff up. How does that, or how will that impact us, Dave? And I'm going to ask that flat out. How is that going to impact us more so? Well, how's that going to impact us? I'm going to leave it at that and let you answer.
3: You know, I've gone back and forth on this, but here's what I think the bottom line is. The bottom, the bottom line, the worst case scenario, which I don't think is the most likely scenario, is that your show and my show and Alex and, and, and Steve's website and all the people we come to rely on and who we respect so much, they're going to be gone from, from the internet. They're going to be gone from the airwaves. This is worst case scenario. Now, What the other side doesn't realize is we've been down this road before in American history. When the Boston Tea Party took place and Boston was basically thumbing their nose at the king uh, for the differential tax rates the king was charging for all kinds of products, not just tea, uh, the king came in and says, okay, I'll show you martial law. And they had the coercive acts, the intolerable acts, and basically Boston, and was under martial law. No one in, no one out. Well, it didn't work very well because they formed the Committees of Correspondence and the Sons of Liberty spread the word throughout the colonies, you know, that this is what's going on. And then people really started to read Thomas Paine's pamphlet, Common Sense, that it is time to part, that an island has no business controlling a continent. And just by word of mouth and a little pony express, we united a nation to stand up to the king and declare its freedom and independence and seven years later, this country had its freedom and independence. Now, we will not be stopped if this is the case. We will have shortwave. I don't care if they outlaw it. You broadcast illegally. Keep moving your location. Ham Radio, same comment. There's also uh, Ernie Hancock from Freedom's Phoenix, a good friend of mine, was telling me about an alternative Internet that can't be controlled by the government. And I'm going to find out more about that. Ernie and I are supposed to get together and talk about a number of issues. And that's going to be one of the top priorities I have. So... My message is, where there's a will, there's a way. The Hagman and Hagman Report, the Common Sense Show, may be down for a while, but we will find alternatives. And the other thing I would say this to is that the government really violates our First Amendment rights, and this is what it comes down to is a First Amendment violation. Then they have uh, basically abrogated their duties to us as our elected entities so, therefore, we have no obligation to support them. I, I, I will call for a tax boycott. I will call, as I already am doing, uh, a boycott of the banks, of uh, the corporate stores, and we just shop local, and we trade and barter, and we stay out of the system. And we don't let their system exist as they collapse our side of the economy while they continue to thrive. We will take them down with us, and we'll be on yeah. a level playing field. That, and that I was, think
1: the what. I mean, just one the more thought. Polish workers, yeah. Go ahead,
3: go ahead, go ahead. One more thought. the the the, the thing that I would say that is the wild card in all this. I could have all these radical sons of liberty, seventeen seventy six kind of ideas, but the wild card is going to be what the U.S. military does, and I am really confident that a lot of the military is going to thumb their nose at this administration and say, "To hell with you." We're going to obey our constitutional oath, and we're going to stand with the people. This is why, in Texas, they are practicing for unconventional warfare, UX-16, to fight against rogue American forces who've gone guerrilla, because they know it's coming. They know it's coming, and I'm telling you, uh, we couldn't beat the Vietnamese who employed this strategy, and they sure as hell aren't going to beat us.
1: Amen to that, and, and I must say that you were you, speaking of UX sixteen. You you were right on the money with um, your Jade Helm exposes reports, and you know it, I laugh I laugh at people who say, "Well, nothing happened with Jade Helm."
3: Oh, 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 you know they just practiced the extraction for millions of people. <laughs> right,
1: right, and they, of course they nothing moved military happened.
3: equipment into position to to basically repress a rebellion. Uh, nothing happened. Jade Helm nothing fifteen yeah. turned into Jade Helm sixteen, and there that's his go. UX sixteen. That's the drill that's going on now. One is part A, the other is part B.
1: Yes, sir. And and you know, it it it's it's kind of like the Hillary Clinton head bob uh, falling on your face thing. Well, that's just pneumonia. <laughs> that's just you know. I mean, it it's not really, you know, you're not really seeing this. It's yeah, uh, they think we're stupid. I mean, they think many of us are stupid, and we're not. Uh, but I like your ideas. You know, I, what I was going to mention before was I think that's how the workers in Poland brought the system to a halt. They stopped yes. working. And, and we have bl- to take a... Black Muenza. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes. Yes. And, and see, we're not going to win. We While we can win on the numbers, we're not going to win on the numbers because we don't have the the motivation there. Uh, however, un- enough of us—that critical mass of of, of us—I believe we can we can make that difference. And I know that three percent in the revolution. I know that number is is assailed. Uh, oh, it's more than three percent. You know, you, and I've seen the numbers as high as fifty to fifty-five percent fighting in the American Revolution. Uh, after they massage the statistics and numbers, I, I understand why they do that. And, and, but but regardless. I think enough people right now, Dave. I think I think now. This, uh, well, you tell me, is this a time in our lives that we have been warning about? Are we there, or are we yes. just at the edge of that?
3: I, I think there? Steve Quayle said it best on my show about six months ago. Steve said, "The things we've been talking about are no longer coming; they are already here." And I think truer words were never spoken. And Steve was right on the money. Yeah. We're living in the midst of history. We're at the crossroads of how the world is going to go, and the three hundred and thirty million people in this country are the only obstacle to the new world order.
1: What are your thoughts on depopulation? Because that's a number that has to be contended with. I believe that uh, you know Georgia Guidestones. We you see what's on that uh, on the on the Guidestones. You hear what uh, you know the uh, uh, what's that report? Uh, Deagle report. Thoughts? I mean. Oh uh, yeah,
3: the uh, Deagle. Yeah, and, and and the Deagle report, which is a CIA front organization. And yep. if you go to the the search engine, at the Common Sense Show, if you want to validate this, uh, just put in Deagle, D E A G E L, and you'll come to their website, or you'll come to my article, which will take you to their website, and you'll see their partners, you know, the NSA and all these, uh, you know, affiliated intelligence organizations, the DoD. They're, they're a front. They're a communications front for the CIA. And in 2013, they listed our population as 315 million. And, Doug, I don't recall without having in front of me exactly what they listed, our annual military expenditure and our GDP was about fifty five thousand, you know, per person right. in the United States in two thousand and thirteen. And then they project it forward to twenty fifteen. And in England, uh, you know, Great Britain is in the same exact boat we are as far as decline in numbers. Our population goes to about sixty five million our GDP per person goes to $12,000 annually. And the military budget, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember the percent of decline. The percent of decline in our military budget was uh, 90%, which means we thoroughly, according to this projection, got our rear ends waxed and handed to us in whatever is coming, and so did Great Britain. Now, India, Pakistan, China, China, Russia, Brazil, basically the BRIC nations and a few friends, they did not suffer a corresponding loss of life. And first of all, this is a projection. This is not biblical prophecy that's etched in stone. This isn't in the book of Revelations now. This is written by the the hoodlums from the CIA. So this doesn't mean this has to be true. And, and I'm getting to the point where, you know, I never advocate for violence. I never do, but I also am a realist. And I will tell you, Doug, we're not getting out of this without a fight. Mike Adams wrote an article that I ran on my website. I was so taken by it. He said, it doesn't matter who wins this election or what the outcome is. There's going to be a civil war. And I happen to subscribe to that because if you kill Trump, or launch massive false flags and steal the election, you're going to have tens of millions of people in the streets. This will be a trigger event. If, on the other hand, you know Trump is going to win and these corporations are going to lose trillions from the free trade agreements that could go away, stopping the cheap labor from coming in with the illegal immigration... They're not going to sit by. They're going to call their friends, you know, Hillary Clinton's friends at ISIS, and they're going to step up the terror attacks, and, and they'll try to provoke a war like what they're doing right now. This whole thing was Russia is contrived because they're not going to let Trump and tens of millions of American populace come into the Oval Office and restore the Constitution as the rule of law. They're not going to let it happen without a fight. And I'm sorry to say this. I'm sorry, honestly, to say that our children aren't going to know peace for quite some time. Ashton Carter was quoted on Monday. I think this is a despicable comment and it came from our defense secretary and he was asked about the problems in Syria with Russia and he said this is very cryptic. He said, uh we're going to have to get used to the idea that our children are going to live in an incinerated world.
1: That's chilling. That that's a very chilling statement. I had an intelligence source tell me that, uh, they would, re- it was their intent getting back to the depopulation and consistent with what Carter said, um, that they're, and this is why you got Bush and people like the, uh, Bushes building in the southern hemisphere because the northern hemisphere they're gonna just essentially destroy, uh, scorched earth style and uh, along with that the majority of the population and restart over in the southern hemisphere I don't you know I, I don't know I mean it sounds good sounds logical but uh it regardless regardless it's their intent to to wipe us out my brother you know I just want to thank you for coming on F- folks I, I I actually asked Dave to come on for the first hour um, he said, "No, no, I can't. My wife and I have a date precisely at the time you're woman. And I said, "Please." And he said, "Okay." And, and then I heard this whack, slap, ouch, you know. And his wife, and, you know, they, they were. So I have to send flowers out to the, his wife, and you know, I got to, I got to wax his No, car. she's, a, she's, a, she's a team no, player, and, no, and, and I know lady. the Hagman men and
3: their wives understand that this business requires some family flexibility. It does. To yeah, do yeah. what we do, you know, it, it, I liken this kind of like to the life of a professional athlete. You may not travel necessarily from city to city frequently like a pro athlete, but no two days are ever the same, and you're always trying to balance other responsibilities, your family responsibilities, and your duty to your nation and your fellow Americans and fellow Christians. It, it, there's a lot on the table there, and it's hard to balance all this. And, you know, for us to delay going out to dinner to be on this great show was nothing. And my wife is appreciative of what you guys do and the opportunities that the two of you have afforded myself and the Common Sense Show. So th- this is a labor of love.
1: Well brother i just i I can't thank you and your wife enough and uh oftentimes our wives our families do take the brunt of uh our our efforts and our work but uh you know you give my love to your wife and your family um (laughs) and and thank you my friend thank you so much for coming on with us man appreciate it Well, absolutely and and the same to you guys and uh and uh, i i think some very
3: revealing shows are ahead as the Hagmans yes. combine forces with the Hodges in the first hour of the Common Sense Show every Sunday night at eight PM, starting a week from Sunday, and this is going to be so exciting. The 16th. And I think, yep. yeah, the sixteenth. I'm just, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you guys are going to de- grace the halls of my show. And uh, I just know our people that that we care so much about, and the listening audience are going to benefit from this greatly. The one last thing I want to, I want to leave leave you with, and and it's kind of a message to to all my friends in in the listening audience. Um, Right now and for the next three weeks, you know, and I used to take this attitude when I was coaching and playing sports that if you're going to kick my rear end, I'm going to make you work at it, and let's make the globalists work at kicking our rear end, okay? Let's not take anything for granted. Let's tell everyone that we possibly can get their ear that Trump is the only way to slow down this evil, this Satanism that's sweeping the country and the planet. I'm not saying Trump is perfect. He's not. He wouldn't be my ideal candidate in all situations, but he represents the only hope that we have right now politically, and we need to redouble our efforts. All of us need to become missionaries of the truth.
1: Amen, brother. I mean, given the given the cards that we've been given to play at this point, we have to play them, and the only way to do it is exactly that. Yeah, you got that right. Well, look, you have a you have a great date tonight, sir, and we'll be watching your website, the Common Sense Show, the the news uh, red list news fantastic feature, and I want to thank you for doing uh, doing that as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely find that on youtube and then by the same name the common sense show doug and joe hey great being with you guys and look forward to many great shows together
1: thanks brother take care, Thank care. Dave. folks that was dave hodges what a great friend of the show what a great patriot what a, in his information um the insider information that he's got is just second to none um I, i've had the occasion our, our contrary to what he said just briefly i, I had the occasion to kind of overlap one source and um yeah you know the stuff that he's coming out with is right on the money the sources are impeccable and of course we know who they are we can't by virtue of journalistic integrity perhaps or protecting the sources we can't we cannot reveal them um so much going on uh as well joe yeah we have uh i guess you could call it breaking news you have um
2: Some quotes uh, coming from 2005 uh, about comments made by Donald Trump that is making the rounds, as well as WikiLeaks' email dump reveals um, transcripts from Hillary Clinton's paid speeches, which Bernie Sanders had urged her to release the transcript of these speeches. And we were getting a look at some of what she said behind closed doors to places like Goldman Sachs and other Wall Street uh, and banking institutions that she was paid to give, and it could be pretty damaging to her. Now, from what the leak on the uh, the hot mic from 2005, from what Trump said, it's um, well, you know, it's pretty damaging it? What stuff. But uh, it, though,
1: where was he just... talking?
2: He was talking with a TV reporter. From everything I've read,
1: he okay. was talking with
2: a TV reporter, and I mean, he said some pretty you know yeah. rude things about women and the way he treats them. But you know, uh on cable TV. And I don't watch a lot of cable TV. I've seen this commercial being replayed over and over oh, where my it's a Hillary Clinton commercial and it's about yeah. Trump, you know, uh, yeah, I've making seen statements too. about women. I think the, uh, I don't think it's as big of a deal as they make it. Since that commercial seems well, to be on every TV anywhere, anywhere I go. Wait a
1: second. What about Bill Clinton, the rapist? Exactly. Okay. And Hillary Clinton, the rapist the, defender, the facilitator. I, so, so are we? But, but are these the issues? The, you know, Some people matters. are saying
2: that you know this is a, a Bush. This is Bush
1: family behind this. I I wouldn't doubt this one. But you got you got a list of thirty uh, former Republican senators. Uh, coming out and saying, you know, anybody but Trump. Uh, I don't know whether you saw that that release today. It was, it was a blip on the radar screen. Uh, come on, really? Uh, I mean, this is—have they lost their collective minds where they're going to throw the uh, Republican candidate under the bus? Yeah, but you're right, Joe. I mean, uh, this. I mean uh, I would expect the uh, can you tell my
2: frustration the Clinton campaign can't win on the issues no so they they're going I mean and this has been the way of political campaigns since I can remember um from you know releasing yeah. audios from you know however long ago to damage the credibility of the candidate yeah. to you know videos to documents we see it on both sides
1: but nothing, I mean, there's almost nothing that stuns them, the American people anymore when it comes right. to sex. Re- remember Fanny Fox back in no. the 70s? No, you don't remember that. I don't uh, hear, and no I wonder me. how many people listening out there or watching out there remember Fanny Fox and the uh, um, fountain um, in the center, Wil- Wilbur Mills. Remember that, folks? Oh, the big scandal, you know, and that hurts the, I mean, it it By today's standards, it was not, well, it was kind of a big deal, but, I mean, by today's standards, it's not. Now you've got a serial serial rapist, Bill Clinton, and you've got the allegations against Trump, uh, similar allegations, but not, of course, not as critical. But where are the issues here? What are the issues? And they're making a big thing about Trump's temperament, which is not new, but yet they're giving Hillary a pass on her On her temperament. And her, yes, her temperament as well as her physical ability to handle things.
2: You know, one thing I saw, there's a, some new books out by old Secret Service agents yes. and uh, other personnel that were that close to Hillary Clinton. And this is nothing new that other people have brought this up on our show, but it talks about how she treated the Secret Service around her... In the public light
1: and in the private light. She made, look, I, I sat at a bar, this is this is this 19, 1991, I sat at a bar, it was just outside of Pittsburgh, and I spoke to a Secret Service agent there who was just absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree from drinking. I happen to know him through another law enforcement source. He was not on the presidential t- detail. However, his his best man at his wedding was on the presidential detail. Who said this? He said, you know, no, this is the best man of the guy I was talking to. Um and, and so third-hand information, yeah. But he was forced the, the the Secret Service agent was forced to stand out in the rain outside of a motel room, not a hotel room, but a motel room. While Hillary this is an allegation. Was romping with a female celebrity, and you may have heard this. I mean, I, I broke this back, and I don't know when I was on the I don't radio. This. Oh yes, yes, and he was really upset. Uh, not not so much as standing in the rain, but the lack of. I mean, just the whole thing was distasteful. From the lesbian activities alleged to. Um, Retreatment as a Secret, secret service, service, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, folks, we're coming up against the break. When we come back, we're going to have speaker, author, pastor, Dan Goodwin. He wrote the book, um, God's Final Jubilee. You yes. might remember him from that. And he has a new book, The Barley Harvest, God's Sign for the End Times. We're going to talk to him about his new book, Where about the, uh, an upcoming conference he has, and Where we are, are. what's going on with current events in these prophetic times. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: to the Hagman and Hagman report just i want to thank everyone for joining us for your belief and your trust in us you know it it's uh, for you to spend your time to listen to this show to watch this show we understand the your, your investment of time and we certainly don't want to squander that we want to make sure that we are as upfront honest give you what we know so you can make decisions based on the knowledge that we're given and we've been getting a lot of people who have been um, uh breaking ranks within the government and this is a rather interesting uh rather interesting how this is taking place that that people who would not talk before you know like no self-respecting secret service agent or no self-respecting fbi agent have you checked the self-respect of those people by the way uh, lately <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Obama regime, the Hillary Clinton, the Clinton criminal cabal really has done a number on the self-respect or on the respect to the institution. And there are a lot of a lot of intelligence agents angry. And those people that we've talked to, and, and one bit of information, a news nugget to copy Herman Cain, um... One little news nugget here. I want everyone to really uh, to be wary of this, or to be aware of this, and that's what follows. Um, and, and I'm getting more information. I will be getting more information on this over the course of the next several hours. The uh, number of refugees coming into this country are far more than than yeah, anyone. Yeah, it's underreported.
2: Oh, underreported doesn't even begin to describe. I, I heard a. a- a uh, recent on uh, Sean Hannity, um, he was talking about, and he mentioned the number twelve thousand. And we reported from a report about, about a month ago yeah. of sixteen thousand, over sixteen thousand, and that was um, from mainstream media sources over a month ago. And I, was, you know, and then two weeks later, you see, well, they broke the ten thousand uh, mark, and I'm wondering, well, where did the other, you know, six eight thousand go that they already the, more that they're they said all they're already over the here. board. Well, and then 10 times, or 500 times increase is what Hillary Clinton wants. And yep. her VP, Tim Kaine is all about that. And well, 110,000. The, the
1: bit of information though, I've got Joe, and, and I, I haven't even told you this yet, but I'm going to just lay it all out here is this. The churches in America and the synagogues and especially the uh, Jewish schools are, are are to be targeted. And how, they're going to be targeted by one or two people uh, uh, operational uh, uh, teams, two at most. One is the best, but knife attacks. Knife attacks. The the current yeah. uh, now. I know that some of this made the news. Yeah, it did. Um, because it was in it was in the um, uh, the first edition of a of a uh, the
2: Islamic think, I, magazine. That, right, right. They want to attack people in forests and in remote
1: places with knife attacks. Was right, but was reported. But their focus is the, uh, in particular, the northeast is the uh, is the primary area of focus. New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, that 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 area, and they want us. They, what they want to do is they want to cause um, a lot of death by by sending p- people in who are willing to die. But to, uh, to cause immense bloodshed, cut, cut the necks, smite the necks of, of the people in the, these churches and the schools. And they want to go after children in particular because they want the, of course, the terror factor. But also the, the, uh, what grabs the attention of the American people, even on the, the numbskulls on the left is the death of, of children. And I was thinking about this. Why not guns if, if the agenda is to take away, um, the, you know our, our gun rights well the answer as i was getting into this and getting information from about this is the the people who are perpetrating this of course are in this country illegally yes you can it's easy to buy a gun but it's easier still to use a knife stay under the radar and to even cause more terror and bloodshed plus it's up close and personal and it's uh it's also a, a learning factor and a very sick one at that to um to to uh um uh, well, it has a lot to do with the yeah, numbing, look at, numbing effect. Look at
2: Europe. They, they've been successful and able to not only take the guns away, but now they've flooded Europe with so many uh, Middle Eastern refugees, uh, mostly men of fighting age that okay. have come from these countries that say that this is how you um, take over and infiltrate a nation, is through uh, coming over peacefully and then causing chaos. And it reminds me of something Russ Dizdar talks about, Yes, when the uh, yes. peace is removed from the earth and everybody, you know, starts to fight each other. And, you know, what, when you think about the different scenarios and ways that can happen, that's one of the first things that pops into your mind now is, um, you know, just imagine if that, that does happen and they have all these uh, fighters already over here. And then, you know, they all attack they, they on a, on a yeah. coordinated type attack. It would be, um, so chaotic. Think, think there would be no waves. coming back from that, I don't think.
1: Well, it's, it's, it really is. You're right. There is no coming back from that, especially once the enemy has infiltrated and, and has filled up uh, our country. And, and that's kind of where we're at with this. And this is what, what, this is the intent. Of course, people will say, "Well, the intent is to is to get Democratic voters." Well, well, yeah, okay. Um They can do that via the machines. They can do that through uh, dead people voting, and they are doing it doing it that way. This yeah. is much more uh, nefarious. Before we get to our guest, I just want to mention, folks have you have you gone to Green Innovate? smarts uh, or have you gotten your have you gotten your GMAG power cell yet, folks? Green Innovate. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on Green Innovative. It's a small company in Florida. They've created the GMAG Power Cell. This is a tremendous device. I love mine. Uh, I've used it, and i put it away for that special time. But what this is, it's a Super GMAG battery recharger with replaceable magnesium power packs, and you can recharge rechargeable batteries. You can do that using just two tablespoons of, of salt or um Two teaspoons, I'm sorry, of salt and a little bit of water. This is a fantastic device. In fact, the Super GMAG Charger will charge six um, rechargeable batteries in about three hours over 20 times per pair of PowerPox. You don't need the sun, you don't need wind, or you don't need a hand crank. All you need is a little ordinary table salt, a little water. You shake it for a few seconds, and the unit instantly makes electricity. It, this, is, this is one of the neatest devices I've, I've seen ever. It's and and you might ask me, Well gee, did you fail science class? I mean it's like making electricity with a potato. No, no, this is really great. And even better, Super G is uh the chargeable is affordable. It weighs only about eight ounces, so put it in your bug out bag. It's durable, it's EMP proof, and it's environmentally friendly. Folks, G Go to hagmanreport.com or hagmanandhagman.com. Click on the link to Green Greenovative. And, again, it's a small company in Florida. They employ people. It is a ground-up company. What a great firm that is. You won't be sorry. The device is great. The company is great. And we thank them for being on with us. And, and one more thing while I'm at it, folks, make sure you've got your Minuteman rocket stove. The Minuteman rocket stove is the best. It's the perfect survival cooking stove for you and your family. If you don't have one, you need one. The Minuteman stove, it's a fully insulated uh, ammo can. it's it's uh, it has refractory ref, refractory insulation that focuses the heat uh, specifically. It, it results in the cooking up uh, uh, power comparable to a kitchen stove. It can also be used as a, a on a picnic table because of the outside of the stove. It only reaches about two hundred degrees. I mean, you can actually pick it up with your hands. This this rocket stove is the Cadillac, the Cadillac, the best of the best of rocket stoves. Folks, also, the fire service. They have fire service too, the best of the best. Go to minutemanstove.com. That's minutemanstove.com, minutemanstove.com. And again, we only offer the best of the best.
2: Alright, we're gonna bring in our guest um for the rest of this Friday edition. It is uh evangelist Dan Goodwin. He is an author, uh speaker. His website is heavenbound1.net and he is the author uh of several books, including God's Final Jubilee, which we have right here. And uh, the sevenfold promises of his soon coming, the revelation and more He hosts God's final Jubilee radio program on several radio stations He also speaks at churches and prophecy conferences across America And he is with us today to talk about a number of things from current events to a upcoming conference that he has ne- next week in Minnesota Which is free to attend as well as his book. I want to ask him about
1: the calendar. You know how the calendar overlays the current events because I know that he's on top of that. Uh, Dan Goodwin, it's great to have you back on the Hagman and Hagman
2: Report.
0: Well, brother Joe and brother Doug, what an honor to be with you again. This is this is just great. Looking forward to the program today. I've I've enjoyed the first hour.
2: Well, thank you. It's great to have you back on. Um, And we got how's my how's my audio.
0: How's my audio? Everything, uh, everything good there?
2: Yeah, you sound, you sound good.
0: Okay, um, good.
2: you sound better than us.
0: Well, I don't know about that. I probably look better than Brother Joe, but
1: uh, <laughs> there you um, go. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
2: We met Dan in Florida in 2015 at a prophecy in the news conference, um, and we got to, to spend some time with him behind the scenes. Um, we did some. Some interviews for the DVD, and we got a chance to, to talk with him uh, a little bit there, and that was really nice, and he's been a guest on our show several times. Um, where do you want to start tonight, Dan? Do you want to open up by getting into the upcoming conference you have next week?
0: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, we're, uh, okay. we're doing a proxy conference, as you gentlemen know. Uh, I'm hosting it in uh, Mankato, Minnesota, and uh, in fact, we're just a week out. It's going to be uh, October the 15th. And uh, we're almost there. And uh, it's a Saturday. And I've got uh, two other guests coming. I've got Dr. Clarkson, Kevin Clarkson, the host of Prophecy in the News. And uh, he'll be speaking twice. And I've got uh, Pastor Billy Crone coming. And uh, he's from Nevada, uh, Get a Life Ministries. I think he's, he's probably been on your show before. And uh, each of us will be speaking twice. This is Saturday, October the 15th at, uh, starting at 2 p.m. And, uh, how you register is you just go to my website. Uh, now you just gave heavenbound1.net. That's the same website. But, uh, God's Final Jubilee is a lot easier to remember. So, God'sFinalJubilee.com is uh is the website and you can click on the uh conference there and and register uh and it's free of charge there's no cost for the conference and uh we're going to uh we we're, we're going to host this thing for free and uh there's quite a few people already have registered we're expecting a pretty good crowd so uh we need folks to register though because seating is limited and uh if the seats run up uh, we'll have to we'll have to end the registration but there's still there's still seats so uh Interested? Go to the website, godsfinaljubilee.com, dot com, and uh, click on the uh, the conference there that pops up on the website, and uh, you can uh, read all about it. And, How close uh, is that
1: to the Twin Cities? Uh, We're it's be at?
0: about yeah it's about an hour and 10 minute drive from the airport and uh south just south of st paul minneapolis area and uh by the way we have a uh, we have a special rate for anybody coming in that wants a hotel friday night or saturday night the best western the information's on the website you can uh the phone number of the hotel is there and uh directions all that uh, by the way anybody coming in early we have a special event taking place Friday night on the 14th. Um, we're re- we've are we rented uh, Jake's Pizza right there in Mankato. Best pizza you'll ever eat right there. And uh, we're going to meet there at 5.30. Uh, now, we need you to register for this, too. If you're coming in Friday and you'd like to come to this special dinner, uh, which is also free. We've, co- we've covered the whole thing. We're paying for the pizza. And uh, there's all very limited seating there, so you'll have to call quick. And there's a number on the website there uh, for Neil Koss. He's the gentleman you call, and you tell him I'm coming Friday night, and he'll put your name down. And uh, all three of the speakers, Doctor Clarkson, myself, Brother Crone, will all be there. You'll get to ask us questions. You get to talk to us. We're just going to have a good time. Uh, we're not going to preach. We're not going to. We're not going to have. It's not going to be. It's going to be very informal. So just you don't have to wear a tie. Just just come and eat pizza and chat with us, and we'll probably take some question and answer and things like. So that's Friday night, 5:30 to 7:30, and the conference starts on Saturday at 2 p.m. It goes till 9 p.m. We're gonna have six messages each one of us will speak twice. We're gonna have a break at six o'clock for supper and guess what we're gonna feed you right there. We're bringing uh, we're catering it. We're bringing food in and uh you know it's a blessing to be able to do this uh for free. so uh, we've had some people who donated and and we figured, hey, we're not in this to make money let's let's let people come for free so uh if you're in the Wisconsin area area, Iowa, uh, of course Minnesota. Anywhere nearby. I I a lady called me, she's coming from Florida. I think she's flying. I got a lady coming from California. So there's people coming from all over, but especially if you're in that area, anywhere within a few hours of Mankato, St. Paul, Minneapolis, you'll want to check this out and uh and possibly come over. So uh it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. So go to my website godsfinaljubilee.com and you can you can see all the information right there. I I appreciate uh right. brother Doug and brother Joe appreciate you uh, uh allowing us to uh share that with your listeners here tonight sure
1: sure you, you know it's always good the fellowship is always good and uh we appreciate you doing that especially uh, at such an exorbitant cost uh you know <laughs> uh, yeah all right you know i was i was I, god's final jubilee all right uh, that's your website but it's also the name of a book you were on back in february on our program, I remember talking to you about this, and, and, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at the headlines. I know, we've been looking at the headlines. I'd like to start here if this is alright with you. We're looking at headlines today. War is looming, I believe, looming in Syria. It's pitting Russia, uh, against the United States. Of course, I have my own beliefs as to who's starting what and why, but when you overlay, the and you do a, a, a pretty good study about the jubilee year or the jubilee jubilees um I, I i kind of want to get your take since february to today it's i don't know however many months whatever eight months uh seven months where are we how far down the prophetic path have we gone
0: well, if, if the Lord's coming at midnight, I think we're at 12.05, Brother Doug. <laughs> I really do. I. It's almost like we're we're overdue. This, this thing is just escalating so fast. You 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 know we joke about it all the time. Uh, you can't even keep up. I mean, as soon as you post a story on your page, you go. You know, an hour later, something else huge uh, is going on. I I had a publicist for a while. Maybe, maybe this will explain what I'm trying to say. I had a publicist. They were they were trying to get me out there. They were they were talking to Fox News and different people, trying to get uh, some of my information. And you know, trying to get an interview, and uh, I had some interesting things. And uh, when they pitched that to, to some of these big news organizations, they, 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 of course, they wanted to know what, what I wanted to talk about and when 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 she told them what my topic was they said oh no that's old news we're not interested i mean it was only a few weeks old but uh we live in a society we live in a generation where uh my goodness we change from one huge event i mean the ter- a terrorist attack happens right here in our country within 3 or 4 days you don't hear about it again it it's gone i mean because some new thing has happened and uh now what what what's been on the news for the last 3 days i mean you guys know not uh Hurricane. Hurricane Matthew. And and I don't mean to uh, make fun of it. I mean I've got friends down there. I've got in fact my publisher is in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, Facebook, uh, FBC Publications. She prints all my books. She's right there where that thing came ashore, and uh, she told me they never lost the power at the uh, at the uh, at the publisher's house at at, at the building where they uh, published my books. I joked with her and told her to make sure my books were on the top shelf, and she assured me that they were, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but for the last three days, all we've heard about is this hurricane. And right. you know what? It, it, it didn't really hit. What they've been saying. I mean, did you hear Shepard Smith, that that great journalist, Shepard Smith? Yeah. I mean, he, he he was telling people if that thing shifts ten miles, there'll be there'll be hundreds of thousands will be you'll be killed. He said.
1: Your children I mean, will did, die. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. my goodness, he just he just he just he just in the emotion of this thing. And uh, every time a storm comes, I mean, it becomes worldwide news over here in America. I mean, you know, I grew up in Maine. We had blizzards. And uh, it, it was never a, a big news event. I mean, there was maybe after the fact. I mean, they showed some pictures of people shoveling and all that. But I mean, it was a normal thing hurricanes, blizzards, and stuff like that. It happens.
1: Um, the, the, that, you, you know, the, the, you're exactly right. Now, the only thing I've got to say about this hurricane is, um, and this, again, this is just me. I, I'm looking at this from an investigative point of view as I do everything. Um, I, I shouldn't even preface it by saying that, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, you know, I, the, the course of this, and I'm sure history is replete with examples of how hurricanes, you know, make a quick right or a quick left or do, do things. I, I guess maybe that's just natural, but I, I have to wonder if, if there isn't not some sort of, uh, a little bit more to this hurricane. Uh, take away the, of course, take away the emotion, you know, the hyperbolic statements of Shepard Smith, but just, just remove that. Um, the timing went to me is suspect, but also the movement is suspect that how that kind of went north. And then now it's talking about, they're talking about it perhaps doubling back like, a you know, uh, going in a, um, clockwise, uh, fashion to hit, hit land again. I, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I, th- do you have any suspicions in, in your guts or y- y- perhaps mm-hmm. any type of, uh, uh, research that you've conducted that this is just maybe manipulated, managed, uh, in some way, I'm just curious.
0: It could be. I mean, uh, there there are people who believe that harp uh, has something to do with these things, and uh, I think harp is real. I'm I'm not educated enough to give a lecture on harp, but I believe it exists. I believe the military developed it. I believe it's there now. Is, is our government using it to bring about some of these storms? Uh, that I that I don't know. But I do know this. There's a gentleman that wrote a book. I've met him. His name has left me suddenly. But he, the title of the book is called As America Has Done Unto Israel. You oh, yes. may have heard of that book. Uh, he documents very well the storms that took place and different natural disasters. And they seem like they correlated with... When America was on the wrong side of Israel, um, for, for instance, just one example in the book was uh, the, the Bush's house up in Kenny Kennebunk, Bunkport, Maine, where I'm from by the way, up in Maine. There was a storm there that was so unusual it was backwards and and it seemed like that storm hit at a time when when President Bush uh, senior at the time had uh, was on the wrong side of Israel and uh, was doing something and and uh, so I, I think there's certainly something to that and uh, I'll tell you one, if this storm was uh, was where the debate's going to be sunday night and it canceled the debate i'd find that pretty interesting indeed
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and the, the gentleman or the book you mentioned as america has done to israel the author is john McTiernan. we've had him on our program talking about this very issue and you know it it's it just seems to me that uh, god's prophetic time clock is Giving us little dings, you know, on the uh, on the minute or thirty-second mark. It's, it just seems like it's it's out there, and, and people people tend to shy away. I think from the uh, the, the scriptural overlay of current events. They don't want to they they don't want to um, uh, even think about that. But I do believe that there is that that we are being we are being given signs in yeah. you know it's a hurricane or.
2: And we're just a few minutes before uh, our break. And, uh, Mr. Goodwin, since the last time you've been on, we've kind of changed the format of the show. We take three-minute breaks about 26 and 56 minutes into the hour just to let you know. That's something I forgot to, to mention to take you sure. earlier. Yep. But I want to touch on a few things you said. You know, I don't know if it is something to do with the lessening of America's attention span, Or if it is just the rate that important news comes when you said, you know, you see a terrorist attack and three or four days later it's not talked about anymore in the news or, you know, you have these big news events that are important and, you know, within 48 hours they're completely gone, never to be heard from again. Do you think the, that is something to do with the attention span of America or the number no, of important events? I think it's, I think it's both.
0: I think we've been conditioned this way. I mean, wh- people people watch TV for hours a day. You ever you ever go visit people? I don't want to make me mad, but I mean, you go visit people and the TV's on, I mean, 24 hours a day. It just blare and it's, it's like people can't live without it anymore. There's got to be noise in the background all the time. And uh, I think we've been conditioned this way. But I think also uh, I think we've gotten into sensationalism, and I think some of us prophecy preachers are, are guilty of this, too. You know, yep. you, you always got to have this big headline out there to get people to your site and to get people to look, and, and we're all guilty of that to some degree, And uh, but the news reporters are certainly uh, Fox News, CNN, all, all of them, they've got to have this big headline to, to draw people in. Uh, I told my wife recently, where we travel a lot. My wife travels with me now quite a bit, and uh, it seemed like every five minutes, Fox Fox News, I have serious Radio in my truck, and and about every five minutes you get this Fox News alert, and I'm thinking, my goodness, they're, they're killing us with this, what if anything serious ever happens, who takes the alert serious anymore, the Fox News alert is a, a dog is stuck in a sewer or something, I mean, my goodness, it used to be these alerts were some serious thing that, this, that, that the country needed to know about, now a Fox News alert is Hillary Clinton's giving a speech, That's we don't need a Fox News alert for that, and I'm not picking on Fox News, but um, I, I think that's the age we live in now, where it's got to be this big sensational thing, and you need this headline to draw people into your show. And and I think we've become desensitized to it.
2: No, absolutely, we have. And you know, just as an example, uh, you know, the sensationalism we see. You know, one of the things that I see a lot uh, is anytime you know you see uh, the birds dying, or and it seems to do with Mother Nature's storm type headlines, uh weird events in the earth, uh but you know, a river turns red or birds drop out of the sky and you know you get these these big prophecy warning uh things which you know those are things that are talked about in the Bible but they're talked about in a certain context where you know right. it's not just gonna be one you know river in, in a remote country over here. It's gonna be, you know, a third of the waters or whatever. Um, but there is a, and then the mainstream media is, is very guilty of this. Um, and just, you know, as an example, the storm, Hurricane Matthew, um, there hasn't been a hurricane that's made landfall in the last 10 years. And you see these headlines that say, excuse me, that say, uh, you know, oh, this is the deadliest hurricane in over a decade. Well, that's because there hasn't been any hurricanes in the last, uh, 10 years. So, you know, that, <laughs> Good point. that's why. But, that's just yeah. one example. And we're, we're coming yeah. up against the break right now, Mr. Goodwin. Uh, when we come back, we're going uh, to continue to talk about current uh-huh. events, news, and, and your book, The Barley Harvest, God Sign for the End Times. Folks, you're listening to Evangelist Dan Goodwin on this Friday edition of the Hagman Report. Stay with us. Evangelist and author Dan Goodwin, uh, God's Final and Heavenbound1.net. They're the same website, and you can, that's Dan Goodwin's website, uh, bookmark and visit there, and you can get his uh, books, God's Final Jubilee and The Barley Harvest, his latest book, God Signed for the End Times. Uh, that was, how long ago was that released, Dan? The Barley Harvest? Oh,
0: just a few months, Just just a few months ago.
2: It's brand new out there, Brother Joe. Excellent. It's a, we have it right here. It's a, a fantastic short read, um, and you can get it off of his site. And uh, Is it available on Amazon also?
0: It is on Amazon, uh, Kindle, and paperbacks, also on my website. Uh, and by the way, it uh, comes with a two-CD set, which I don't think I sent you, Brother Joe. You probably didn't know that. Uh, there's a two-CD set that comes with that. Four of my, my God's Found Jubilee programs that I do on YouTube
2: um, are on there. And uh you know, it's a, a great little book. Um and it's uh and folks if you haven't read God's Final Jubilee, this is a, you a know, great book too. Yeah, I got like to revisit on recently that. and and other authors and, and speakers who talk about the time period that we're in and this book really sets up the um the timeline
1: for the final jubilee and you know the uh you know, uh, a lot, uh, uh, Dan, a lot of people don't know what a jubilee is, or if they do, it's it's with a limited n- amount of knowledge. But the importance, as you point out in your book, God's Final Jubilee, the importance of the feast days of the Jewish feast days, and, and especially the jubilee years, the jubilees, the feasts, and such. Can we just revisit this a little bit for we- those new listeners?
0: We sure can, and uh I just listened uh a few days ago. I listened to our February interview that I did with you. In fact, I posted on my Facebook page. Uh, for anyone wondering, God's Final Jubilee Facebook, uh, I post a lot of things there. That interview was so good, and I don't mean that because I'm anybody, but man, it was so interesting, the, the things that we talked about in that interview, and uh, I personally think, and I know I'm the author, and authors are biased, but I, I believe that book, God's Final Jubilee, is possibly the most important prophetic book of our day today, and I think the Barley Harvest book comes right on its heels with some more pieces of the puzzle that everybody has missed. Very simple things that we'll talk about in a few minutes, but uh, I want to read you a verse, uh, Brother Doug and Brother Joe, and uh, I want to see if you can figure out where I'm reading here. I'm gonna read just a, a short verse and uh, I think maybe we'll shock some of our listeners out there. Somebody just sent me this. I can't take the credit for it, but i'm gonna I'm gonna let me read this as ye go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Anybody care to guess where that verse is? Matthew. Ten seven Matthew ten seven what what's that telling you? The hurricane is named Matthew. This is ten seven today when the hurricane hit the shores of our country.
1: Okay, okay. Matthew three two. I uh, you know I, I I paused there because Matthew three two, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near or is at hand depending on which um, Bible. But yes. Ten, um, what was that, verse Ten, ten seven. Ten Mat- ten 7 Matthew ten
0: okay. seven. T- today's 10 7 Today's 10-7. Uh, oh, the book of Matthew And I... I've been joking with people, and, I, and any of you out there that's in the hurricane, I'm, I'm not making light of it. I know these are dangerous things, and you got to watch yourself, you got to be careful. And uh, But I've been telling folks, uh, uh, I said, you know, this is Matthew, but you wait till Mark, Luke, and John get here. You think you ain't seen
1: nothing yet. And what I mean by that is... Wait a minute. God's I just got, got that. No. I, I, I'm sorry. I just got that. I, I, you know, okay, Matthew, Hurricane Matthew, 10-7, uh, the... the the date, the month. Okay, thank you. Uh, oh, help me, Rhonda. did not okay. something? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. So, I'm, I'm of course, Matthew, Mark,
0: Luke, and John, John the Revelator, when, uh, when God, God shows up and brings judgment, uh, the, the, you know, it, it's pretty severe. Um, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I believe that was spoken to Christians. We don't like to look at it that way, but you know what? God, God sometimes deals with His people, and uh, you just study the Old Testament, and you'll find God dealt with His people in some pretty harsh ways. Uh, just look at Israel, and uh, America's turned from God. We're we're in trouble. This this country is gone. I don't I don't believe we'll ever steer her back where she needs to be, and I agree with your prior uh, guess there. Uh, I think I think it's just it's just uh, giving us more time. I I was not I was not a Trump man. I had a different guy that I was hoping would win, and uh, I, I I think we threw him under the bus. Uh, I think he was probably our only hope constitutionally, and uh, but we've got no choice now. We have got to. We have got to vote for Mr. Trump. We, we know what Hillary is. We're not sure, we're not sure about our guy, but, uh, we know what Hillary is. And, uh, if she gets in, uh, it's definitely over. So, uh, I would encourage people to pray and, uh, get on their faces before God and get their hearts right. And, uh, I would encourage people to, uh, Quit, quit being this never Trump junk. I don't know who started that nonsense, but uh, what we better do is be for the. Uh, h- how about uh, how about
1: never a Hillary? With uh, that, yeah, you know, we're we're in the. I mean, it's never Trump, and that's by Republicans or by conservatives and even Christian conservatives. Y- yeah, you're correct, sir. You know, but why never Hillary? What's wrong with us?
0: Yeah, we got some of the. I mean, I heard, I heard that possibly some of the Bushes are kind of, kind of leaning towards Hillary. I, I can't fathom that. I mean, Hillary believes an abortion is, is okay up until, uh, up until the moment before birth. I mean, she's for, she's for murdering that little baby. How can anybody who claims to be a Christian under any circumstances, vote for that evil. And, uh, by the way, Obama was the same way. President Obama is on record. I've heard the statement. He's on record as a senator. Uh, a senator who did nothing, by the way. He's barely spent a year in there. And uh, he's on record stating that if a woman has an abortion and that baby somehow lives the doctor should, shouldn't call him a doctor, but anyway, they should put the baby on a metal table and leave it there to die because that was the will of the mother. Now, that's a fact. The president said that when he was a senator. And I'll tell you what, uh, my description of anybody, any human being that would say that and believe that in his heart is a monster. Now, our president said that. Now, Mm. People can get mad at me all they want. That, only a monster would put a baby on a metal table and let it die there. So, anyway, it, I guess I'm on record uh, here.
1: <laughs> you, you know what, uh, Dan? Uh, and our guest is Dan Goodwin, um, author, evangelist, pastor. Uh, it, to hear that, uh, to even... Uh, I, You know, boy, I, I, I'm... Not only slow today on the uptake, but i 'm also tongue tied um, It hurts me i mean it, it have we have we gone down so far down that road yeah.
0: now in in my jubilee book brother joe I, I, I got a story I have the story of that that guy from your state, Pennsylvania, where I used to also live. That doctor, of course, he, I don't know why they call him a doctor, but the one who was uh, cutting the spinal cords on these little babies and all that, all that junk that went on a few years ago. Uh, I have that in my book, God's Final Jubilee. I believe that story was from 2014. It was happening while I was writing the book. That was a very hard passage to put in the book. Uh, I have that grand, ba- I had a brand new grandbaby that I held in my arms. And I'm thinking of that evil man and what he was doing in that abortion clinic in Pennsylvania. And, uh, that that, this is where our country has gone. Now, there's also a story, Brother Joe. Did you see what's going on in Pittsburgh? That's just a little ways from you there. Uh, this is in the, from October 6th in the Washington Post, since we're talking about current events. Pittsburgh, three gen- transgender seniors at a Pennsylvania high school are suing the school district for uh, for not allowing them to use uh, the the bathroom of their choice. And uh, I thought that was an interesting story there. And, and, again, it just shows how wicked we've become. And uh, now they, I, from what I understand in the story, not only do they have a men's room, uh, a, a, a boy's room, and a girl's room, but they have a, 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 a an anybody room, I guess. But that wasn't good enough for them. They don't want a room that's for anybody. They want to choose which of those two gender bathrooms they get to use. They don't want anybody else to make that decision. Now, you know, in the 60s, Brother Doug, you would know this, you're you're older than I am, in the 60s, they'd have put those young kids, those young kids would have been put in a mental institution, because there's something wrong with uh, a human being that that is confused about his gender, or wants to be a different gender, There's, there's, you know, God made them male and female, that's very plain in the Bible, all the way back in the first pages of our Bible. And, uh, it's time that we got back to that. It's time that we let God decide what is right and wrong. And, uh, so, so, so the whole nation is becoming immoral and we're, and we're walking on eggshells trying not to offend somebody and, uh, you can't call somebody he anymore. You gotta, you gotta, uh, it's gonna, we're becoming genderless and moralists and, and uh the only thing going to save us is the Lord when he comes back. We're we're in a mess. That's right there in yeah, Pittsburgh where we are. The duck. Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, Allegheny County. I I I I've been informed of that uh, by several people. Actually, I've got a uh, several good friends down in Allegheny County um who have informed me of that. Now, I want to ask you because you're talking about these issues Have you endured or experienced, suffered any kind of censorship, whether as a pastor, as an author, as a speaker? Have you experienced any of this uh, censorship, Uh, especially when you're talking about this, about the transgender issue or about the immorality of of the transgender issue, or even about uh, uh, abortion? Have you been censored at all?
0: Well, not that I know of uh, now. I mean, I'm sure I have, and just don't know it. I mean, there's people like on Facebook. They they unfriend you. They, in fact, I had a girl walk away. Uh, I mean, she was bragging on my books and all this, and then all of a sudden there was something she didn't agree with, and bang, she was gone. Oh, and yeah. uh, that's uh, you know, people a lot. Li- people are people are like that now. It's it's like you know they they think you're the best person in the world, and then one little thing comes up that they differ with you on, and they they, they throw you under the bus and they run you over. And uh, we saw that the, Christian. the uh, Christians, we, yeah, Christians too, you, know,
1: Christians, you know? and we saw yeah, it, this it, in
0: the in the primary, didn't we? Uh, in the primary, oh, we saw
1: what, what Christians will do. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it it it's amazing, uh, uh, Mister when It's amazing to me that the worst offenders and. and and i say this with a heavy heart the worst offenders are those who identify or self-identify as christians or saying i you know it's almost as like they've got the exclusive on the word that they're interp- well i don't want to use the word interpretation that their their version of christianity is far superior to yours or um, what they are doing with their lives is much more effective for the kingdom than yours, and I'm not saying that to be in any way mean spirited, but I'm seeing this coming from the Christian camp.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, I see. I know. see the same thing, and uh, you know, no, no two people will ever agree on everything. It's it's impossible. Sure. And uh, now there's certain key issues. I mean, we got to be right on salvation. We got to be right on the deity of Christ. I mean, there's certain things you got to be you got to be right, and you got to be dogmatic on some of those things. But, but you know what? There's a whole bunch of other areas out there that. You know, you know. All right. So, if if you want to have church on Saturday, if you want to keep the Sabbath, that's fine. I'm, I'm not mad at you. Um, I think you ought to at least get the day right. Uh, I mean, Saturday's the the Sabbath if you want to keep the Sabbath. But a lot of people keep the Sabbath on Sunday. I I, I joke with them. I said, look, I'm all for you if you want to do that. But uh, but you know what? Sunday's not the Sabbath. That's the first day of the week. And uh, so, but I, I had a lady at, at, out in Colorado Springs. I did. A, I, was in the prophecy news conference there. A lady come up to me and she said, "I loved your message, except for one thing." And boy, she was mad at me. <laughs> and she said, uh, she said, "You said that the the feast days and you said that they were wonderful things and and they were pictures and types." She said, "But you said that that we weren't required to keep those feasts." And she said, I, "I'm, I don't believe, I don't agree with you there." And I. And I'm scratching my head, I'm thinking, My goodness, uh uh and I and I could have went after her, but I didn't. I let it go. Do you know what? I'll bet she doesn't kill a lamb on Passover and put the blood on the doorpost of her house. You know. You know Good point. See, we want to get under certain parts of things, but we we don't go all the way. You know, I tell people if you wanna keep if you wanna keep the Sabbath, every Sat every Sabbath, if you wanna keep the Sabbath, I ask them, I said, Did you cook a meal on Saturday? I, because in the Bible, if you kept the Sabbath, you did not cook from from Friday night at 6 p.m. till Saturday night at 6 p.m. That's right. In fact, in the book of Numbers, you couldn't pick up a stick. So I tell right. them, I said, are, are you really under the Sabbath, or are you just picking out certain things, like you don't cut your grass on Saturday? That's, that's fine. But uh, anyway, all, all I'm saying is, we all differ on a few things, but we don't have to kill each other over it. And uh, that that comes with patience. And and I think we ought to love people. And uh, but I th- I think sometimes us preachers get beat over the head a lot because uh, uh, maybe we've we maybe we have an understanding of something that uh, somebody else doesn't, or maybe we're you know wrong on something. Everybody's wrong on something. And um, yeah.
1: We gotta, have not, love, uh, we gotta gotta, uh, yeah. Brother, I could not, and, and I and I say this with all sincerity. I could not be a, a minister or a pastor. I couldn't. I I don't think I could handle that job. Um, I have a hard enough time doing what I do now, and, and that's just talking about the Bible, about about uh, you know the, the 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 more obvious salvation issues, and we we get. You know, invariably we, we get uh, taken to task over many things, uh, but but yes, you've got a tough job. You really do. Now that's I'm not a
0: pastor. Time. I have pastored three times. I I'm an oh. evangelist, and probably 99 percent of all I do now is prophetic related. I I preach prophecy meetings. I uh, I write write about write articles, and uh, that's probably all I do. And to be honest with you. I don't see anything else as important anymore. I, I'm telling you, I think we're at the end of this thing. I think very possibly next fall uh, is, is the end of this thing. Um, now, I'm not telling anybody to sell their life insurance policy. I haven't sold mine. I don't think we should do stupid things. But I'm telling you, when you look in the Bible and you see what's going on in the world today, I I wrote a chapter called, What in the World is Going On? And I wrote that to me, Brother Doug, because I'm asking myself that every day. What in the world? I'm scratching my head. Uh, I read the story about the three kids in school wanting to be boys, wanting to be girls, and all this nonsense, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? I have to remind myself. I wrote a chapter about that. I know exactly what's going on, (coughs) and if you understand what's going on, on, you can go to bed at night and set your alarm to get up the next morning and sleep like a baby because everything's all right in my father's house, everything's going according to his plan. Because the three things that are going on is number one, the world is being prepared for the return of Jesus Christ to snatch his bride, and uh, number two, the world is being prepared for the rise of Antichrist and his kingdom. We can see that every day. the The one I got an article I'm going to read for you in a few minutes, if if we uh, if you allow me to, and a shocking story from from two years ago that nobody nobody's ever seen, and uh, that has to do with this one world that's coming and uh, that one world is almost here I'm sure you uh, I'm sure you had some guests talking about the the United Nations speech of our president where in my opinion he commit treason and sold us down the river and said we, sh- we need to give up our securities and our freedoms for we need to give up our liberties and, and trust and for, for the world to give us peace and security and my goodness he he, he took an oath to to obey and to protect the Constitution. He stood in the United Nations and basically trashed it and said, we need to get rid of that and we need to yield to the world empire because that's where true security is. And my goodness, uh, Congress should have him arrested. Uh, Can I say that on the air?
1: Oh, I I Uh, totally agree. And I'd I'd appreciate it if you would expand upon that because many people are not familiar with what you're saying. And and I, I saw this and the silence about this is deafening. So please expand upon this. And I agree.
0: What is shocking to me is we've had a Republican-led Congress for several years now. They have given this president everything and more than that. Uh, they've given him every dime that he wants. In fact, this last time they, they gave, supposedly gave more than they asked when the Democrats were, were laughing about it. I said, My goodness, they gave us more than we wanted. And, uh, you just have to wonder what, uh, and I think your, your last guests uh, said it pretty well. Most of them, most of them old timers in there have already been bought. My senator, Mitch McConnell, right here from Kentucky. Uh, I stood against him a few years ago when he ran uh, against uh, Matt Bevin. Matt Bevin, you may not know him. He's now my governor, by the way. Tremendous man of God. We've got a Christian governor here in Kentucky. It's unbelievable. He ran against Mitch McConnell for the Senate in the primary. Baptist preachers were telling me, we've got to vote for Mitch because he's more powerful. Yes, Matt's a better man, but Mitch, is uh, he'll be the head of the Senate, we we've got to keep him, and I'm thinking, my goodness, what's wrong with us? Uh, how, how's that working out for us? By the way, my goodness, uh, this guy's. Uh He's a radical. He he, he teams up with uh, with the Democrats all the time. He he hates Ted Cruz. He fought against Ted Cruz. And uh, spineless. But I, I think they've been bought. I, I mean, Mitch has been there like 30 years in the Senate. And uh, nobody can take that. I don't care how good of a Christian you are. You can't, the founders of our forefathers said the same thing. You can't handle being in, in these political offices for that long. You, you become, you, you get bought. You, you sell out and uh so congress is doing all these things and they're they're not fighting for us they're they're, they're siding with the democrats and uh um i don't understand why the the congress can't uh do something, and it makes me so mad that every time the president breaks the law, which is about every day, you, you wonder when are they gonna, when are they gonna arrest him, or when, when are they gonna challenge him and say, look, you, no you don't, Mr. President, you don't have that authority. All they do is talk about it, but nobody does anything. And here we are at the end of all things. And of course, you know, knowing what I know about the end times, these things have got to happen because the antichrist kingdom has got to be formed. It's got to be ruled ready when we 're taken out of here, the Antichrist will be ready he 's somewhere on the earth right now he may be in washington d c as i as I point out in my in my book. I have a strong suspicion that the Antichrist is right here in America, known by
1: every american you know and, uh, I, uh, I, I I sense that um, you, you, you kind of had a unique way of displaying or of explaining that or, or uh, writing that. Do you believe he's going to be from the West, or do you believe in a Muslim or Islamic Antichrist? I, I there's a reason well, I am. I I'm, I'm, I, I
0: disagree with some of the thought and uh, of the, of the Muslim Antichrist, but I, but I'm not I'm not saying that I'm right and they're wrong. I don't see it. I've I've read some of the books. Here's what I do know, though. the The Antichrist. I believe will come out of the Roman Empire. Now some people think, okay, the Roman Empire could be a Muslim empire. Okay, you can think that if you want. I some people say, well that that's Turkey. I, I personally don't. I I'm not going to undo hundreds of years of thinking on this because suddenly we're smarter today than they were all these years. Um they're going to have to prove this to me and, and and they haven't. I I I do not see the Muslims. Uh, I hope I'm going to say this right. Um, we'll offend somebody, I guess, but the no muslims the Muslims don 't even get along with each other there 's no way they 're going to rule the world. The only way they 're ruling what they 're ruling now is by cutting people 's heads off and bloodshed and and threatening and uh putting fear into people that's that 's not leadership that 's dictatorship. I do not see. Somebody like that, having the whole world come after him and put a crown on his head without any fight or, or, I mean, the Antichrist in Revelation 6, a crown is placed on his head. He doesn't fight. He doesn't kill anybody to get it. He doesn't steal. He's, he, they beg him and he, and he's right. He rises up and they put a crown on his head and they, it's like he's, he's the man of the hour and, and, and boy, thank goodness he's here. He's here to save us. Now, this person, from my understanding of the Bible, is going to come out of the Roman Empire. Now here's the argument I get and and of course, we're going into areas uh tonight we didn't plan, and that's fine. I love this kind of stuff. you know we have you know we had some some areas we planned to talk about, maybe we'll get to them, but um, this is this is good. I love this kind of stuff. I think this. I, I, people always say, "Well, uh, the president—he—he's not from uh, Europe. The uh, uh, Antichrist got to come out of Europe." I say, "Now wait just a minute. Where did America come from? Where the lions come? We are Europe. We came out of Europe. I believe we you know, technically are the replacement of Europe, and uh, we're stronger than Europe." And I mean, look at our laws. we have european laws we have a european justice system we have a our whole system of government basically has its roots in uh in england and uh we have a senate like they had and um it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. We have uh, the English language, we have, uh, Roman laws here, uh, hey, where's the United Nations? That, that's in Turkey, right? Oh, no, no, is that in, that's in Iraq, right? No? Uh, no, it's right here in New York City. The United Nations, which is run by America, I don't care what anybody says, the United Nations is controlled and operated by the seat of government here in this country, or it wouldn't be here. (laughs) We run that thing. I mean, we have veto power. I mean, other nations do too, but I mean... Look, if the United Nations was in uh was in Iraq or over there in London, I think things would be different. But it's here in Manhattan, it's in New York, and uh I think America is European. I think we are part of that European nation. I think we came out of her. I think we're the lion's cub that Jeremiah talks about, or Ezekiel one or the other. And uh another thing people say, Well the president he he can't uh he he didn't come from Europe, he can't I say and I'll ask him a where did he come from? How, what makes you? Who knows where this man came from? You know, and it makes me so mad that, that Donald Trump has has backed off of the Bertha thing. I don't like the word Bertha. Amen. Amen. Bertha was a was, is a term that was used to discredit us and make us look silly. And but you know what? If the man was born in Hawaii, why don't he? Why did he spend millions of dollars hiding his records, his birth certificate? And, uh, I'm not, I'm convinced that, Joe, uh, that Sheriff Joe is right and that that birth certificate, I believe they proved that it was a fraud. But, but my goodness, nobody cares. <laughs> Congress doesn't care, I guess. I mean, Mitch McConnell don't care. None of them care. Uh, they don't want to be called a berth. See, the Democrats are so smart. Them guys are smart. They, they labeled you a birther, a conspiracy nut. Nobody wants to be labeled like that. And, uh, That's right. So, so everybody stays away
2: from Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. We'll start here on the other side. We are up against our top of the hour break. I love Folks this are talk. are listening to Dan Goodwin. We'll be right back with Dan for our third and final hour right after this.
1: HagmanReport.com. That's the place for all of the news and information analysis. That's HagmanReport.com. And of course, Hagman and Hagman.com. There you can find an array of platforms for which to listen to this program hagman and hagman.com that's our show website hagmanreport.com for the show prep indeed and of course social networking at hagman report that's twitter and hagman report on facebook as well until we're no longer which you know it could be any time right the censorship of christians christian thought morality the nuclear family all of the values we hold dear are all under attack. Our guest is Dan Goodwin. Before we get back to our guest, let me ask you, have you done it? Have you gone to American Survival Wholesale? AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, that's the place to go for long-term storable food. The Thrive brand, they've got some hard-to-find items there. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. And as a matter of fact, and I, you know what, I'm going to speak out of school because I don't think... I don't think they want me to even mention this, but I got a call uh, yesterday. It was uh, from the owner saying, "Hey, I want to ship some food down to uh, certain people in uh, uh, affected by flooding and by in, the, the um, hurricane." Um, and it was, it, it, but that's just uh, the reason I mentioned that. It shows you the Christian-owned, veteran-owned aspect of americansurvivalwholesale.com. They're not going to brag about that. We can say it, but they won't say it. I mean, these are the things that separate um, companies. (laughs) Think about that, all right? Think about that. Just uh, let that sink in. Here's a company that Christian-owned, doing Christian things. They've got a Bible outreach program and such. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com. That's why we buy our long-term sorable food from americansurvivalwholesale.com, in addition to the fact that they've got non-GMO uh, Thrive brand food at prices that uh, rival in, and even are lower than the suppliers themselves. Secondly, oh, my goodness, thisgenerationseries.com. T.C. Joseph has done it. He, he wrote a thrilling series of novels. In fact, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families in a world where conspiracy theories and Bible prophecies collide. Now, as you are sitting in front of a fire this fall, perhaps in your den, maybe you've, you've got the lights turned down, grab a hold of this generation series of novels, thisgenerationseries.com. T.C. Joseph's novels move through recent history to the events that are just on our horizon, in fact, happening today. He's got a very witty style of writing, a fascinating character development. It provides a great read, folks. Not only will you love these books, but these books can be used as a great tool, a learning tool. Uh, to give to friends, give to family, give to coworkers, and let them read the fictionalized account, but it, it draws people closer to What's really happening today gives them a, gives them a great idea. Raves, rave reviews by Kirkus Reviews. Um, in fact, they, they state that readers of end time fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than these novels. And that's T.C. Joseph, of course, his books. Available on Amazon, this generation series on Amazon.com. Book one, Precipice. Book two, Pentecost. And coming soon, book three, Penance. That's T.C. Joseph's novels, this generation series of novels. Check them out on Amazon or go to thisgenerationseries.com.
2: Folks, we're talking with uh, Daniel Goodwin, <coughs> excuse me, the author of God's Final Jubilee that? and his latest book, The Barley Harvest: God Sign for the End Times. You know, I was sick a few weeks back and I'm still dealing with a cough from that sickness. And it pops up every now and again. And, uh, that's what that was. Healthmessers.com. Yeah. 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 Ted's, uh, Ted's vitamins have, uh, I think eased the transition from being sick to, to feeling better. Um, but again, we're talking with evangelist Dan Goodwin. Before the break, we were talking about the birther issue,
1: how the. It's my the, favorite topic. It is your favorite topic. It is. And Dan Gorman, I, I love this guy. I love what he's saying because we don't, you know. And thank you, Mister Gorman, for addressing this. I know that this wasn't scripted, but but you know something. Joe just said, "Oh, he get him started." He just turned off his mic, and I think he's walking away. But but but, but you know. Your candor on this and, and and hitting this square, you know, right out. We don't even know who in the world we have in the White House, and I truly believe that as an investigator, if I was to uh, issue a investigative report on the occupant of the White House, you cannot tell me. No one can tell me that we know the bona fides of this guy. As a matter of fact, I have no uh, evidence that he changed his name from Barry Satoru to Barack Hussein Obama. The second, I have none exists. There's no evidence that exists. So, take it away. Continue with and what it, you were saying because it's fascinating.
0: And his and his Connecticut social security number, and nobody in his family ever lived up there. Yeah. And uh, but I want to I want to tell you, brother Joe. I, I during the break I went to get coffee, and my wife said, "There's three three black cars out there with men in suits in them, and uh, there the, one of them came up to the door, and uh, I told them." Uh, uh, he, I told him you guys was an Erie, Pennsylvania, and that, and that they need to go up there and get you. Give them our address,
1: probably. You, just you kidding, know, of course. Uh, but, well, uh, yeah, but, but uh, now today you are, but maybe not next time. See, yeah. you
0: know. Oh. Yeah, there's there's a whole trail of dead people from uh, from the Clintons. There's no doubt about that, and uh, I mean it can't all be coincidence. I mean uh, um, there's a whole trail of them. Just in fact, in the last two months, there's another five or six of them that were getting ready to testify, including the the young guy that was shot at three in the morning. Uh, uh, They 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 claim he's the one that was. The head, yeah right. Uh, they 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 have they, they believe he's the one that was um, sending some emails to uh, Assange over there. Um, but who knows? Uh, it's crazy and getting crazier all the time out here. But uh, you know, of course, in my Jubilee book, I have that chapter. What in the world's going on? And most people, that's that's the chapter that they they say was their favorite but uh i don't think it's the most important chapter but it's certainly an interesting one in there i i show where the uh, the where the last pope resigned all the funny strange Things that happened, um, for instance, twelve hours after he announces he's going to resign at exactly six p.m., lightning strikes St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, it's all documented. I've got uh, I've got the news reports documented. I, I mean, it's just it just can't all be coincidence. And uh, and the fact that the president uh, President Obama went to Israel in 2013, a lot of folks don't know that. Um, and he went on March 20th. Which doesn't sound like anything to us, but on, on the Jewish calendar in 2013, it was an event called Palm Sunday. Uh, it's when Jesus rode down the hill on the donkey. And uh, it's not called Palm Sunday in the Bible, but it's the name that we have given it. And uh, very interesting, that's the day that Jesus presented himself... To Israel as their as their Passover land, and uh, that's the day that President Obama chose to go to Israel. And uh, I, I give some evidence in there about the the GPS coordinates of where his father was born, and it's the same coordinates for for Drew, for Bethlehem, except the decimal point is moved. I mean, just strange stuff. And uh, and the fact that this our president, you know, has hidden all of his information. You know, there's not one girl. Who has come forward and said, "Yes, I, I had a date with uh, with Barry," you know, in you know, in, in uh, freshman year? Or nobody's come forward and said we sat together in the same class or we studied together. I mean, it's, it's like he didn't exist there. Um, so I'm not a conspiracy person, but you know what? I, I want I want some some hard facts here. I want to, I, I you know, I think if he's <laughs> if he's for real. There ought to be a trail that you could follow to find out who he is. I mean, there's not even a picture of, of their kids when they were little. There's nothing, there's no proof that shows that, that they ever had children. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of strange things about them. But you know what? That's what I tell people. The Antichrist is a, is an imitator of the Lord. And, uh, you know, Satan has a trinity just like God has a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You're gonna have Satan, you're gonna have, you're gonna have the Antichrist who represents Jesus, and you're gonna have the Holy Spirit represented by what we call the false prophet. A lot of folks don't understand that. They they think there's the antichrist and that's it. No, there's the antichrist who's one of the beasts and then there's another beast. There's the beast that comes out of the sea, the beast from the land. Those are two different people. And uh, Revelation 13. And uh one of them is the religious leader. One of them is the political leader who's going to be crowned in Revelation 6. He's what we call the Antichrist, a man of sin. But he doesn't rise alone. Uh, religion, the religions of the world will push him up and make him what he is and, uh, uh until the middle of the tribulation when the Antichrist now now tell me this doesn't sound like the our guy right now. In the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will say, I don't need you anymore. This isn't about you, it's about me. And he throws her off his back and uh and tramples upon her. That's the one world church. He don't need it after he arrives and get gains the power. And uh now doesn't that sound like uh doesn't that sound like our guy?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, is
0: it? I mean, isn't everything it, always about him, me, me, my, my, I did this, I'm going to do that? And, um,
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, in criminal uh, behavioral profiling, it it, it's, yeah, it matches. Yes, you're now, absolutely correct. Can,
0: have I got time to read you a few headlines out
1: of a story? You go right ahead there, brother.
0: This goes right along with what I just oh, said about the Antichrist, the false prophet, who is the religious world leader, the, the religions of the world are going to come together they already are and i and i'll shock everybody we're already a one world we 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 just we still got some borders but we're technically already a one world order Run by, and and you'll you'll get emails on this, and I'll get emails on this. You know what? I don't care. Let let them write them. We're already—the world is already technically being run by America. And uh, I'm not smart enough to explain it to everybody, but uh, technically, we're already a one-world order. I'll tell you right now. I promise you, this is the truth. We are uh, a—we are already a cashless society. If if everybody went to get their money out of the bank tomorrow, the, they would close up faster than they did in in the movie It's a Wonderful Life because there ain't a fraction of that money that exists. It's a cashless society. However, they still allow us to use cash. Aren't they nice? Our government is so good to us. They still they're still like allowing us to use cash sometimes. However, they are restricting that. Go go try to buy something for ten thousand dollars cash. See what happens to you. Um, I went to buy my yeah, car I, last I year. I had
1: that problem. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> well, but, but, well, the joke but, how about uh, <laughs> you know, I yeah. I bought a
0: car and I I I was going to pay cash for it. I I I told the guy this was a car lot in Louisville, Kentucky. I told him I'm on my way and I'm, I'm bringing cash. He said, "Oh no, Mister Goodman, don't don't do that. We'll have to fill out paperwork." He said, "You." I said, "You're kidding me. You mean it's just like going to the bank?" Yeah, he said, "It's just the same thing. If you come here with ten thousand in cash, you're a criminal. We, we gotta, we gotta send information to the government about you, and they gotta investigate you uh, because there's no way you could possibly have that much cash in your pocket." I had to stop at a bank. I had to put some of that money in the bank, and get a check, uh, so I wouldn't be uh, thought of as a criminal. So they're already restricting us. Uh, I'm, I'm reading that not only you know ten thousand is that is that rule that you are automatically. Trigger a paper, a paper trail. If, uh, if if you either deposit or take out ten thousand in cash, they've got to fill out some sort of paperwork for the Feds. And uh, but I'm I'm finding that uh, people are telling me that it's less than that now. People are telling me that it's like five thousand or less, and, and they're watching us. They they want to know why you're handling cash and everything. And uh, so we're already a cash society. I I buy and sell on eBay sometimes. I do a lot of guitars. I it's in my blood. I can't stop. I buy and sell guitars and I go to pawn shops and find stuff and and uh I sell guitars sometimes to uh comrades over there in Russia. I've sent guitars to Russia. You know what that guy in Russia does when he buys my guitar? He clicks a button on his computer. He goes to his PayPal account and he clicks pay. He doesn't go to his bank and transfer his rubles to United States dollars. It's all done with the click of a button. What does that mean? That means we're already a global society. We're already a one-world currency to some degree. It's already cashless, except that we're, we're still allowed to use cash. So the day will come in the future, you know, when the, when the end comes. That day'll come that uh you know it'll be a complete caste of society, except for the people bartering trading a uh you know somebody'll trade a box of carrots for a box of potatoes and they're not going to stop that but uh the cat- we're already this one world system is here. The only thing left in the way is God's people are still here, and God's timing isn't quite right yet, but any time now, that, <clears throat> this thing's going to end, and, and the Lord's going to uh, intercede, and uh, the, the end times are going to begin, and, uh, and then seven years later, the Kingdom Age is coming, and Jesus is going to rule from Jerusalem, and uh, that's going to be a great day. Oh, no, I, I was going to read right. this story to you. Here, oh, let me. I yeah, was this curious. the article
2: about the the Antichrist system from two years ago you referenced last segment?
0: Yes. Have, uh, I just need three or four minutes. Is, is there I mean, a break are coming?
2: Got, no, we got ten minutes till the break. You're uh, oh, you got plenty we, of time. Uh,
0: listen, this I, I just shared this on the News with Doctor Clarkson. I did a couple of TV shows. They haven't aired yet, so. Um, and I also, I also shared this with Larry Spargimino at Saltrush Radio Church. I'm sure you know these guys. Um, I couldn't believe it. Neither one of them had ever heard this story. I found this story by accident. I was looking for something about Sharon Perez who died, 93 years old. Um, he was there for the founding of, of, of Israel. I mean, this guy's 93 years old. I read that 90 nations of the world represented by, I think, seven, uh, 70 nations represented and 90 leaders of the world or something like that gathered in Israel just a few days ago for the funeral of Shimon Peres. I, I was doing some research. I, there was, I always heard that. The, the end time would not come until Shimon Perez was gone. Kinda of like Moses had to be taken out before the children of Israel crossed the Jordan to to go to the promised land. I but I couldn't I couldn't find the story, but but I found something else. <laughs> I found this story from two years ago. And let let me just tell you it's from the Jerusalem Post and it was dated September 9, 2014. It's a real story, Jerusalem Post. Here's the headline of this story and it's shocking that us that even us prophecy guys didn't never saw this story. Uh here's the title of the story, Perez, the Pope and a plan for world peace. This so I'm just going to read a couple of the the highlights of it. Your listeners can Google this if they want. It's uh, September 9, 2014, Jerusalem Post. And uh it's also on my Facebook page if folks want to go there. Uh, I put it in my newsletter also, but um, let me just read a few of the highlights of it. This is really shocking um, Sharon Perez, uh, a patriarch of of today 's Israel, wants to leave a legacy um, Perez's aim is world peace and by the way, um, Sharon Perez was probably not. What you and I would look at as a as a conservative, uh, I'm, I like I like uh, Bibi much better Netanyahu. I like where he stands much more than I like where uh, Mister Perez stood. Mister Perez kind of tried to make peace. He wanted to give up land. He wanted to he wanted to uh, you know the Oslo Accords and all that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here's what he here's what he tried to do in 2014. Uh, in his opinion, he said Pope Francis. Now that was that's the Pope we have now. Remember this, the Pope we have now became the Pope March uh, March thirteenth, two thousand thirteen at eight thirteen p.m. Did you catch that? Three thirteen thirteen at eight thirteen p.m. This Pope became the new Pope, and uh, that's in the Jubilee book. Just just one another one of those coincidences, if there is such a thing, and. Uh, that's when he became the Pope. Anyway, he calls him, Pope Francis, a man he calls Holy Father, which is kind of unusual for a Jew to call uh, a, a, a Pope <laughs> Holy Father. And he said, he said he's the one to make it happen, this world peace. He said this on, on September 4, 2014. Sharon Perez was granted an impressive 45-minute meeting <clears throat> with Catholicism's popular Pontiff, a man who Sharon Perez asserts is more powerful than the United Nations for advocating peace. Now, isn't that a statement? He goes on. Uh, Perez devotes his plans. He said this, perhaps for the first time in history. The Holy Father is a leader not only respected by many peoples, but also respected by different religions and their leaders. And he clarifies, listen to this, he is perhaps, talking about the Pope, he is perhaps the only truly respected leader in the world today. (laughs) Wow! That's what Jerome Perez a Jew said about the the pontiff the pope. Now listen to this United Nations here's what he said about the United Nations. The United Nations has had its day. Perez opined, what we need is an organization of united religions, a united nations of religions. That's right out of the Bible. That's right that's right out of the New Testament. He said this there should be a charter of United Religions, just as there is a UN Charter, this is what I have proposed to the Pope. My goodness, that's... uh um So this guy, and I can't pronounce his name, is interviewing him here, and he said, would you see the Pope as the leader of this United Religion? And Perez replied, yes. And not only because Francis is a globally respected leader... But because he is also the best choice because the world needs an indisputable moral authority. Now let me read just two more statements here. These are the most, these are shocking. This is, this is on page three here. If one of the Vatican's objectives, now this, this is not Perez speaking. This is the guy who wrote the article. This is interesting. This explains why you and I never saw this story, and Larry Spargimino and Dr. Clarkson and most of the other prophecy experts out there never heard of this story, and and this paragraph explains it. If one of the Vatican's objectives was to test worldwide reaction to this proposal, response to date indicates very mild interest. Outside Rome, Italy, mainstream media has barely even acknowledged this encounter happened. Those that have reported it treat it more as a human interest story than real news. <laughs> That's why we never heard this story. Nobody paid any attention to it. Now, my last, the last paragraph I'm going to read, listen to this. If Perez's proposal to the Pope gains traction it will create a global religious union initiated by representatives of the world's three religions, the three monotheistic religions, a united religions organization that blends its expression from one-third Judaism, one-third Christianity, and one-third Islam. Now listen to this last statement. And apparently led from the seven hills of of Rome. That's exactly how it's worded. Right out of Revelation, the seven, city of seven hills. Now, it, have any, either of you ever heard this story? Maybe you have.
1: I, I, I heard of it. I, I did not have that copy. Um, no, I have not but 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 you are this is of critical importance because we've maintained that the three monotheistic religions will be combined, obviously. Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus will no longer be allowed to be deified within this one world uh, religious, organization or system and all three will be essentially the three monotheistic religions will be outlawed in favor of a one world or one state nation religion nation state religion yes
0: and so here we are (laughs) exactly now jerome perez is gone the pope is still here The world is in worse shape than it's ever been. Uh, United Nations or no United Nations. The world is at war. There's worse things coming. We got Russia over there threatening to, uh, threatening to blow us up if we interfere. We got China. We got the, we got the wild guy down there in North Korea shooting off missiles and causing earthquakes underground. And uh, I'm telling you, this, the world is, is, is ready for the end time.
1: Exactly. And, and you've, that one article, and again, that, that's from, uh, the Jerusalem Post, you said, correct? Uh, yeah, September right, 9th yeah. of this year. Okay. September 9th. And September it's on, Post. it's, it, 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 to tell people what your Facebook page is, is it Dan Goodwin or, or?
0: no? Uh, I have a Dan Goodwin, one, but God's Final Jubilee is where I try to get people to go. That's where I post all this stuff. Uh, just just type in God's Final Jubilee, and my Facebook page comes up. We got several thousand there; it's growing every day. But uh, uh, everything's God's Final Jubilee. My YouTube page, God's Final Jubilee. My websites, God's Final Jubilee dot com. Facebook, God's Final Jubilee. So uh, I'm pretty serious about this Jubilee thing. I I think it's the <laughs> It's the key to the whole prophetic
1: outcome is this thing about the Jubilee. And, and you've done so much work on this. And so, you made a comment, I think, or you had written something where in your in your Bible studies, in your formal education, you were never taught about the Jubilee, I think. you got a, I you got a good right? memory.
0: you got a good right. memory. I went through Bible college. I have a bachelor's degree. And uh, I'm not I'm not slamming where I went. I learned a lot, but you know, I I couldn't have spoke two minutes on the Jubilee. I knew nothing about the Jubilee. I knew nothing about. I didn't know there were seven feasts. I knew right. what Passover was. I I knew I understood some things about unleavened bread, uh, some of the types there, but I I couldn't have named four of the seven feasts. I uh, I knew about uh, Feast of Tabernacles, but I didn't know anything about it. Uh, Pentecost, of course, uh, I knew Pentecost because of Acts chapter two, but other than that, I I didn't know that Moses came down the mountain with him ten commandments on the day of Pentecost. I, I didn't know any of that stuff. And boy, has it opened up the Bible! Uh, sh- shame on people who. Tell Tell us to, uh, to stay away from the Old Testament. That's not for us. That you'll never understand the New Testament till you get a grasp of that Old Testament. It opens sure.
1: up things that you never understood. We, we, we must look at the Bible as a whole. I believe. Um, sure. There's not. You know. There's nothing. That, you're exactly correct. And I, I thank you for saying that. Uh, our guest is Daniel Goodwin. God's final jubilee. Just go ahead and search that. God's final jubilee. Well, that's his website, and from there, Facebook, and and all of his YouTubes and such. That's our guest again, Daniel Goodwin. God's final jubilee, the book of the same name. Folks, we're gonna be right back after this. You stay right where you're at. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report, and and what a what a fascinating guest. What a fascinating topic. Oh can you can you think of anything more important than the current events as they relate to the end of days I think not folks stay right where you're at We'll be right back <laughs>
2: with Dan Goodwin in this last segment of our Friday edition. He's the author of God's Final Jubilee and his latest book, The Barley Harvest. Uh, folks, go to his website. You can go to godsfinaljubilee.com or heaven heavens, heavenbound1.net heavenbound1.net and pick up uh, Mr. Goodwin's latest book, The Barley Harvest, God Signed for the End Times. Uh, Mr. Goodwin, we got about 20 minutes in this segment and we're going to have to let you go after that. we got we need the last five minutes to do some uh, announcements and housekeeping here, so what do you want to get into as we uh, approach this final segment
0: well i've got uh, i 've got something I was going to read for you concerning the uh, jubilee, and uh, we haven 't got very far i can 't believe where the time has gone. But uh, maybe we can come back another time and hit some more, hit some stuff on the bar. We didn't really get to talk about the Barley hours book at all, did we? But
2: uh, no, no, not uh, really. And uh, yeah, we can definitely have you back on. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, we'll see what we got time
0: for. But i I thought I'd I thought it'd be nice to share this. I mean, a lot of folks don't even understand what a jubilee is. A jubilee is a was a, is a, is what I call a super Sabbath. There were three major Sabbaths. Of course, the seven day Sabbath was, was for man to rest. The seven year Sabbath was for their, their, their property, the, the, the land to rest and their servants and whatnot. But the, every 49 years was a super Sabbath we call the Jubilee. The Bible calls the Jubilee in, in Leviticus chapter 25. And, uh, on that, uh, for a whole year, all the property goes back to the original owner. All the servants or uh, all the bond servants are set free. All debt is forgiven. It's it's kind of a reset button, a huge reset button. And uh, um, the thing about the book, God's final jubilee. Folks often ask, well, what do you mean by God's final jubilee? I I believe the next jubilee on the calendar is number seventy. And I happen to think that's pretty significant. And uh, I often ask people, how, how many think there's going to be 71? And nobody raises their hand. And uh, I think there's going to be 70 jubilees. And I think the next jubilee on the calendar is number 70. I also tell folks, be careful about uh, trying to figure this out, because I, I don't believe anybody knows when the jubilee is. Um, I believe it could be this year, it could have been, you know, we don't know. so. But whenever it is, the next Jubilee is number 70. From Moses, 1500 B.C. to the 2000th year, the church age is, is uh, 70, 50-year period, 70 years. Remember, the entire 50th year is part of that Jubilee cycle. So you have to divide by 50, not 49. A lot of folks are confused about that. and uh, And if you start with Jesus... It's 40 Jubilees. Now 40 is an interesting number in the Bible as well, it's just like 70 is. Uh, there was, uh, there was rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights in Genesis 7, Noah's flood. The children of Israel ate manna for 40 years. Moses was in the, was in the mount 40 days. Uh, Jesus, uh, fasted for 40 days. Uh, the 12 spies searched out the land for 40 days. Goliath marched out there for 40 days saying, send me a man. David, Saul, and Solomon all reigned for 40 years. And I could go on and on here. That number 40 is pretty, pretty interesting. It's a number of judgment, I think. And, uh, so the next Jubilee is number 70 from Moses. It's also number, number, uh, 40 from Jesus. But it's also, 120 from Adam. If you go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, the the next Jubilee on the calendar, if you went from Genesis one, is the in a six thousand year period would be 120. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, have I still got you there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. We're we're, we're doing the math. Can, can you smell the uh, the, the <laughs> synapses firing?
0: <laughs> yeah. So. The next isn't that interesting. All these all these numbers come together in one jubilee. It'll never happen again. It'll never be like this again. All at the same time: the 70th jubilee, the 40th from Jesus, and the 120th from Adam, What's the chances that there's going to be 121 jubilees, and 41 from Jesus, and 71 from Moses? Um, so I think I think this next jubilee, whenever it is, is going to be the final jubilee. And uh, I think we 're very close now. there is something I wanted to read for you real we'll just just i 'm just going to pick out a couple things here there 's a prophecy by a man, a rabbi Judah Ben Samuel. Have either of you ever heard that name Judah Ben Samuel no okay he 's way back in- twi- he died in the year twelve seventeen so he 's a little bit before brother doug 's day and uh, <laughs> twelve seventeen this man died. And now now I don't I don't I don't lean towards prophecies that are outside the Bible so don't 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 misunderstand me here but this is an interesting thing here. Um my faith is in the word of God. The Bible is where I place my faith. Um somebody says, oh, you know, God told me this or that. You know, maybe God did, but you know, I'm not putting my faith in that. I'm putting my faith in the Bible. But this man, it said he he's it said that he gave a rabbinic prophecy. Um in 1217, right before he died, he prophesied that the Ottoman Turks would rule over the holy city of Jerusalem for eight jubilees. And I like the way he worded that. By the way, he was in Germany. This was He was a, a, a Jew in Germany, 1217.
2: And I did read about this yesterday, uh, Mr. Goodwin, and this is very interesting. Uh, folks, you should listen to this. This is important.
0: Okay, good. So you, you just read this. Um, I think I put it on my Facebook page. I put it in my newsletter. Um, I talked about it actually on Prophecy News and Southwest Radio Church in the interviews I just did. But eight Jubilees, he said. Now, it's interesting to me that he used Jubilee for a, for a time period. That tells me that way back then they understood a little better. Uh, I think we've lost some of that. I think a Jubilee is a generation. And I think what he was saying was, Oh, the Ottoman Turks would have Jerusalem for eight generations or Jubilee. He called it Jubilees. Now Jubilee is 50 years, so that's 400 years. So from tw- uh, now by the way, th- he didn't say when it would happen, he just said it would be 400 years. It just so happens 300 years later, right to the year, In the year 1517, the same year that uh, they nailed the the thesis, the 95 thesis, to the door of the church there, uh, Martin Luther, same year, the Ottoman Turks took Jerusalem. Just, uh, it started there, and of course, for 400 years they held Jerusalem until 1917, when General Allenby, who I speak about in the Jubilee book, I give the whole story in there of of how, how he took Jerusalem without firing a shot, it's a miracle. But it was 400 years that that happened. So they held Jerusalem for 400 years, exactly as this man said in 1217. Now that's interesting, but that, that doesn't mean that he's a prophet, but let's go a little further here. He also went on to say before he died, the same year, he said that not only would the Ottoman Turks have Jerusalem uh, for for eight Jubilee cycles, or, or 400 years, but he said that uh Jerusalem after that in that ninth Jubilee would be a no man's land. Now what did he mean by that? I don't know. But you know what? Jerusalem was a no man's land from nineteen seventeen till nineteen sixty seven in the six day war when those Jews went in there and took Jerusalem on june seventh, nineteen uh nineteen sixty seven. Uh so that came to pass exactly as this rabbi said. Now, that's the ninth jubilee. Now, he gave one other thing. He said in the tenth jubilee that Israel would control Jerusalem and that at the end of that tenth jubilee, Messiah would come. Now, that's 2017. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is a prophet. I'm not saying that this is going to come to pass, just as he said. But all nine of those Jubilee cycles happened exactly as this man said in 1217 that they would. Um, and this next one is supposed to end next year uh, would be would be that timeline. So I think that's a, a, a story that folks ought to, ought to look at and read and uh, put in the back of your mind here and realize everything... Is pointing to this thing being over soon, I mean the world at war, I mean America falling, the financial crisis of the world there's not enough money they couldn't print enough money to get us out of debt I mean your last call your That's last right. guess talked about that the whole world is falling apart sin the world is in sin, this is satan 's kingdom, and it 's all pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon, and the world is going to end and and uh, the millennium is coming the kingdom age and uh, this is just one more little thing here this this rabbi from twelve seventeen a d According to his prophecy, twenty seventeen is that tenth jubilee from the time that uh, that he said this. So, um, just a little tidbit there that I think is worth looking at. It's not the Bible; it's not something that I put my faith in, but it lines up perfectly with everything that we're that we're saying here.
1: Very interesting indeed. Now, I I, I stipulate to, to, to that. Um, to, to the facts, the figures, the 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 year, the time. Uh, the the only thing I'm, I'm I get a little nervous about, as you do, and you, and you said this, you know. I mean, it, it, it's not carved in stone. Um, you, you know, we could be off. I mean, the math could be off. Not not the. Um, how do I put this? not, not the years, but the.
0: The calendar Time. could be a mess. There you go. We don't know if they messed yeah. with the
1: calendar in 1520 or something. That's
0: right. Uh, we That's don't right. know what year it is
1: right now. However, everything is lining up very much like you said. So, And I think we would be hard-pressed. if we, we would not be intellectually honest with, with each other if we were to say that things are not happening at a breakneck speed, things are not happening fast, things are um, – I mean, we can see – the, the the rapid nature of everything and and things lining up very closely to the end of days and even well yeah so so yeah you're right and it's very fascinating to to um, to study this to, as far as I'm concerned and, and especially your comments before too about the personage of the antichrist and, and the the beast system and the one world religion all of this is is just calibrating nicely. Uh, Work. It's Calvin.
0: And you you know who's not going to fit in. Uh, We're not going to fit in. There is no way, you and I, Brother Doug and Brother Joe, there's no way we fit in in this one world religion. Um, we don't, we don't even fit in in their moral code today. I mean, they want us to accept homosexuality. They want us to, they want us to send our 14 year old girls into the bathroom with some guy. They want us to accept that. Now, now most of the, most of America is accepting that, but I, but I'm not. I will not no. submit to this. I will not. They'll have, they'll have to come and get me and lock me up, but I will not submit to this.
1: Amen to that. And nor should we, of course. We cannot compromise our, our principles and our morality and our our, and our sacred religious beliefs. And and we've had
2: several, several guests on in the past few weeks who have been talking about how the uh, intensification of the decline of the morals here in this country is of itself a judgment from God. And, you know, proves and, and shows, you know, that America is in judgment um you know at this very moment at oh, this yeah. very moment
1: if we can ask you uh, uh mr goodwin is hillary clinton a, a judgment is the uh immorality is that in and of itself a judgment um, well you know there's a
0: verse that talks about the last trump <laughs> that's true. kind of funny too but uh you know the bible says that the lord puts in power whomsoever he will and uh you know, God sets up kings and uh, puts them there. God put uh, Nebuchadnezzar in power. God put Belteshazzar in power, and uh, God put Ronald Reagan there. Uh, I think God looks at the temperature of his of the people and gives us what we deserve, and uh, that's what scares me because we don't mm. we don't we didn't des- we didn't deserve a Ted Cruz. We didn't deserve a Ronald Reagan, and uh, probably we deserve. A a Hillary Clinton right now And I, I hate to say that But you know what The average Christian And I talk about this in my book The average Christian When they walk near the abortion clinic They go to the other side of the street And walk very quickly Because they don't want to hear the screams Inside that building Of those little babies being murdered Because to hear the screams Would make me accountable to do something and we don't want to do anything. We want to live our lives and we want to make money. We want to be happy and play with our grandchildren and, and, uh, but we don't want to deal with the problems. We're 20 trillion dollars in debt, uh, over a hundred and some trillion dollars in unfunded liabilities. I don't even know how they know that. It's probably worse than that. Uh, we have spent our grandchildren's future. Uh, we, we've spent it. We've we uh, our selfishness and our complaining and our not caring and our not getting involved and letting things go and uh, not not calling Congress our congressmen and expressing our opinion. We we've lived like we're like we're not involved and like we're just pawns here. And you know I, I think the day has come when God's going to uh, uh, God's going to deal with us. You know Second Chronicles is very plain to me. Chapter 7, verse 14. Everybody preaches it, and everybody talks about it, but I I think very few people understand what it says. It starts out, if my people... Now, right away, you've got to realize, who is God talking to? He's talking to His people. I realize it's an Old Testament verse. He's, in, in the context, He's talking to Israel. But you know what? That applies to us. We can apply that to us today. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves... And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now listen to that. Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and, uh, and will heal, heal their land. Uh, that's what we need. What, what we need is God's people to get right with Him. And get on fire again, and start worshiping him again and and uh, start uh, doing what we're supposed to be doing down here, being salt and light, the salt of the earth has lost its savor wherewithal shall the shall it be salted? that's us if God's people are not influencing the world like salt is supposed to influence, then the world continues to get worse we're, we're the reason, God's people are the reason that America is like this we don't want to admit that, nobody wants to look in the mirror and say I'm the problem here, we've caused this and the wickedness of God's people
2: so very true Mr. Goodwin um, we got about five minutes left before we're going to uh, cut you loose and uh, end the show do you want to go over the uh, conference details one last time before we before we finish?
0: Yeah, um Uh, It's uh, Saturday, October 15th, Mankato, Minnesota, from 2 till 9. Just go to my website, godsfinaljubilee.com, and uh, click on the conference there, and it'll take you to a page where you can sign up, uh, register. It's free of charge. It costs nothing. We're going to feed you when you come. You're going to hear some great speakers, uh, Dr. Clarkson from Proxenie News, Billy Crone from Get a Life Ministries in Nevada, and yours truly, me, we're each going to speak twice and, uh, we'd love for folks to come. We're, uh, we're working on a filming this thing. We think we're going to be able to do a live YouTube, uh, presentation of this thing. We're still, I can't promise anybody we're working on it, but I think we may be able to, to get it going. But, uh, but if, if folks can come out, it'd be great. We'd love to, love to see folks and love to have them. Uh, maybe we can come back another time, talk about this barley harvest book. Cause I'm telling you, there's some pieces of the puzzle in that. At barley Harvest book. Uh, you're starting to hear people talk about barley on the Internet, and uh, I'm not saying that they got it for me, but I'm excited to see that people are starting to talk about some of these things that I've got in the book. Uh, the barley is a type of Israel. God is looking at the barley. When the barley is ripe, or a bib, then God will reset the clock, and the end times will begin. And uh because in Bible days, that's how they determine Passover month. They don't do it right today. Uh It's not supposed to be done mathematically with a calculator. It's supposed to be done in accordance to the harvest, the barley harvest. On the Feast of fruits, three days after Passover, they're supposed to wave a sheaf of barley. If, if the barley harvest is not ready... There's no there's no barley to wave, so that's how they reset the calendar. They they uh, they uh, they reset the calendar by looking at the barley. If the barley is ripe, then that becomes Passover month. It becomes the month of Bib. If the barley's not ripe, they would add a thirteenth month. We call r two. See, it's supposed to be done according to the harvest and not according to some mathematical computation that that somebody does today. So that's just a little taste of the book. There's some really really deep. Things in it, um, so uh, you folks can go to the website and look at the back cover and read about it, and maybe read we'll the have reviews you back, or yeah. whatever.
1: We'll have you back to talk about that. That's uh, and, and folks, it's a we have a copy of the Barley Harvest here, and and go go to uh, his website, uh, our guest website, the Barley Harvest. Uh, it's a good good read, and uh, indeed, let's have you back, and we'll talk about it. In the meantime, uh, have a great conference. That's a week from tomorrow. Right. Uh, Yeah, a week from tomorrow. It is, folks. uh, Yeah, in Minnesota, there, uh, there's no reason why it's free. It's free. Yeah, you just have to pay for your hotel if you want to stay overnight,
2: and uh, and and we're going to be doing
0: some more of these. And brother Doug and brother Joe, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to you uh, about uh, getting involved in uh, our next one. So we'll uh, we'll keep you uh, keep you up to date on that.
1: All right, brother. Well, again, thank you so much for your gift of time tonight. Um, we do have to take care of some issues here uh, before we sign off for the weekend. But God bless you. Thank you for your gift of time.
0: Yeah, Joe and uh, Doug, thank you so much for uh, having me on and uh, allowing me to rant and rave and yell. And <laughs> and I and, and, uh, always love coming on with you guys, love talking to you. As you're my kind of guys. I love your show. I enjoyed uh, Brother Paul uh, yesterday. I listened to him. Oh, and man. good guy, uh, just smart guy. But uh, thanks for all that you guys are doing and uh, holding up the torch and and helping get the word out there. Thank you so much.
1: God bless you, sir. Thank you. And, uh, do, do come back again. Very good. Alright, that was our guest, Mr. Dan Goodwin. Uh, Joe, his website. Uh, uh-huh. Heavenbound onenet dot net or God's Final dot com. Jubilee. After the book, God's Final Jubilee. That, that's yeah. a great book too. The the information that he's got in that book is just fabulous. Uh folks, the reason we 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 needed to take a couple of minutes here before we sign off for the weekend, a couple of announcements uh to make as as well in addition to some technical things that we're going through. We got some uh new
2: a bunch of new guests coming up. Yes. And, uh we want to kind of go over this. Dave Hodges actually mentioned one of the guests that is coming on next week, who is the economist um, Joseph Meyer. Yes. But um, Monday,
1: we are going to have uh, Steve Quayle on. Yeah, stop right there. Let me just explain this real quick, okay? Uh, Folks, I spoke with Steve Quayle at length today. Now, he was on Alex Jones today. I don't know whether you caught him. If you did, great. But I spoke with Steve, and uh, we had a very sobering, lengthy intense conversation we had something planned for Monday that plan changed and by the time the conversation was over he said I would really like to come on just myself and just have a conversation, conversation with the listeners it it kind of stunned me the context in which uh, the context of that stunned me a little bit um I really would urge everyone to tune in to Monday. Monday is going to be an extremely important show. It's going to be with Steve Quayle, Steve Quayle only. We're going to have a conversation. It's going to be directed at each and every one of you. We're going to have a conversation with you. The information that he's got is critical, I believe. So, Joe, I, I just that's what I really wanted to say about that. Yeah, so Monday, Please. Steve Quayle going to be coming on. Wednesday,
2: uh, Debbie Bassigliapi... She is yes, the Agenda yeah, 2030, um uh, <laughs> expert, if you will. She's going to come and talk about the Agenda 2030, the United Nations, uh, global initiative that, uh, encompasses Agenda 21 and an economic, um, agenda as well. And then Thursday, Joseph Meyer, the economist. Now back to Tuesday. Stan is not going to be with us this week. He, uh, last week he said he needed, uh, this next Tuesday off. We have Stephen Menking coming on. And in then, hour number right. two, and Alex Wilson coming on in hour number three.
1: Hour number three is going to be
2: David Thomas, Carl Gallops, we have Avi yeah. Lipkin coming up, yeah. um, and just some great guests. I want to thank John Robertson and Greg Jackson for lining up uh, some of these people. Um, and, you know, aside from Ted Brewer Friday and Steve Quill on Monday, we got one, two, three, four brand new guests that we're going to have next week. So it's going to be a very interesting uh, week yeah say,
1: yeah indeed um, a lot of things happening on this end we are fighting the censorship we are fighting the the um shall I say ankle biters when I say ankle biters we're fighting the harassment uh understand that the people such as Steve quayle and Dave Hodges us uh Rick Wiles when he's not fighting hurricanes he's fighting the the uh, the a very interesting fight we're seeing things take place that have not taken place before folks just we pray for each and every one of you because i do sense that things are going to be changing very quickly and very in very darkly um i don't want to say any more than that except to say that uh uh when you hit your knees tonight please pray for one another please pray for the um just pray. Just pray. I, you know, I
2: we were um absolutely uh pray and, and Paul McGuire hit on that yesterday, how we need to become more disciplined in our prayer life and how we look at it as an inconvenience instead of something that is helpful for us. And I think that was um very important what he talked about. But in the closing minutes of the show tonight, one thing we didn't talk about um well we were talking about Russia and we were talking about what was happening in Syria. And Dave mentioned the Russian embassy uh, putting out a, a, a Twitter or a tweet today um, kind of calling out the White House and the intelligence communities and, you know, saying that we're funding terrorism. But I don't know how many people saw this. John Kerry called for war crimes investigation of Russia <laughs> pertaining <laughs> to Syria. Yeah. And, you know, then Steve, you, have the, Jim, you had this Jim's this right? morning. And then t- this afternoon, the United States intelligence community came out and said that Russia was to blame for the uh, DNC and other leaked email hacks, and they they confirmed it, quote-unquote, in their own words, um, which is very interesting. There's a lot of posturing going on. And then there's speculation, too, that I see that Russia's moving nuclear warheads here or there, and I don't put much stock into that.
1: Um, no, but what we're seeing is typical of... I don't know how many people saw Brendan Leach at Hillary Clinton's, one of her appearances, Brendan Leach, the 15-year-old daughter of a uh, state senator, uh, 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 Dylan Leach, got up, asked Hillary Clinton a question. This was a scripted question. Well, you come, have, to come to find out it was all just a dog-and-pony show by, by an actor. That happened twice now. Right. But but the only I mean that's not news because that's happened before, but what is news or what should be looked at is the template which they are following the world stage is this is a microcosm of the world stage uh what you're seeing is all scripted. Does that make sense on that That's absolutely scripted. and they they have a a leak of a Trump
2: audio from eleven years ago. And it's interesting to see all these people, you know, freaking out. What he said was, was, um, wasn't was nice at all, but at the same time, you know, weighing, as some are putting it, locker room talk to Hillary Clinton's actions, even in defending Bill Clinton and destroying the women who accused him of uh, rape and other sexual harassment allegations, I'd say is a lot worse than what he said, but um, there is no doubt in my mind that we're going to see him on the defense of this, in this debate that's coming up on Sunday night. Um, and I think it's behind a football game. I'm not sure what time it starts, but there is a debate this Sunday. Anderson Cooper and another AB- woman Twinkle from ABC toes, will be yeah. moderating it. And it should be interesting to watch. And I think that this the Trump leak was timed to go with more of the WikiLeaks dumps and email That's dumps right that we see today. There's a the John Podesta files. WikiLeaks has released them and they're very interesting.
1: We've downloaded all all of the available
2: on on the onto a hard drive. I, I before before. Hillary Clinton dreams of open borders and, and uh free trade in the Western Hemisphere is in yeah. one of the emails.
1: Folks, please pray for your police officers. Watch this weekend, very dangerous time this weekend. Please pray for the first responders of police officers. Keep them in your prayers. Officer Sean, we're praying for you. Watch for the civil riots. Pray. Pray.
2: Until Monday, stay safe. God bless. And keep an eye on our website, Hagmanreport.com, for updated news and information throughout the weekend. Until Monday, have a great evening.